Here's what I want to do. I want to send everyone to hankstrange.com. That is the place that you need to go to to uh, keep up with us. You can sign up for our email list. Lola posts deals and things like that over there. It's the best place to go. You can keep track of all the different things we have going on. We've got links to merchandise, all that stuff. Uh, for merchandising, we use Ballistic Ink, and there's a link there. If you're looking for patches, you can buy those right off hankstrange.com as well. Big thanks and shout out to Harry's Holsters for sponsoring the podcast here. And um, I think that's pretty much it. I'll jump into everything here right now. In case you haven't noticed, there are three lovely ladies joining me tonight. That's right. And uh, it's, it's, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So everyone sit there, sit tight, smash the thumbs ups right now. And I'm going to press the button and get into this. Welcome Boom. back to the Hank Strange situation. Right. Make sure Life you guys subscribe, thumbs up, and ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live so we can have uh, fun shows like this. Okay, so everyone except Toya knows this. We do jazz hands when we get the show started here, Toya. So oh. it goes just like this. Jazz hands. There you go. Twink. There you go. All right. Jazz hands. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on tonight. This is going to be a fun show. This is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. We are live. This is uh, episode 612. And my special special guests, excuse me, are Trill Toya. There she goes, Trill Toya in the house. What's up? How's it going? Everything's great. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much for being here. This is like a first time ever for us here. It's ladies' night, so we're going to have a lovely, intelligent... Uh, armed ladies here tonight joining us. Uh, speaking of which, American gun chick Raquel is also here. What's up, What's up? everyone? What's up, Raquel? What's going on? What's up? Thanks Chill. for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, and big shout out to Lola for organizing all of this and getting all these lovely ladies uh, together here. I know everyone's jealous of me. Also joining us, Joanna, Latina locked and loaded. What's going on? Hey, Hank. Hey, everybody. Strangeaholics. Yes. Do you guys, you guys all know each other, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Everyone knows each other. Awesome. Awesome. So just to lay this out, um, this is this is going to be Troll Toya's first time here on the show. So I'm going to do a little bit of background with her here in a second. So you guys can uh, find out who she is if you don't know who she is. And um, we, we might do a quick intro with Raquel and uh, Latina Locked and Loaded as well to catch you guys all up. But it's ladies' night, so I'm just here. I'm like the bouncer or the butler, the, the assistant, I'm, dancer. I'm the bouncer. The, I know, you're the <laughs> bouncer. I, know. I knew that was going to get you going. <laughs> but I'm just here as the assistant. I'm here to serve you guys and uh, act as kind of like a emissary intermediate intermediary between you all and the audience. I'll give you guys questions and and kind of uh, referee everything here. I think it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to talk about whatever these ladies want to talk about once we get the intros and everything going out of the way. I'm going to start with Trill Toya. Welcome to the show. Can you tell the folks a little bit about yourself, who you are, how you came to be in the, uh, in the gun community here? So I'm Trill Toya. I'm owner of Lions Pride Securities. Um, I operate mainly out of Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, last year, last New Year's, uh, I mean, New Year's before last, um, there, long story short, there was an incident at the club that I worked security at where I 
ended up having to shoot someone that was firing rounds through the parking lot, attempting to enter the club and fire off some more rounds. And within like the next week and a half, my show trip was all ready to go. And I just went on a whim, made it by the skin of my teeth. And I've been rocking in the 2A community ever since. Yeah, you uh, came in with a, with a bang. So to speak, <laughs> I said you came in. You came in with a bang. I don't know if you can hear me oh, on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah you came definitely. in with a bang. I, you know, pun intended and not intended. I guess um, that right. was pretty big news. This thing that happened at this club. Um, I believe I, I was just throwing up on the screen there something from uh, the news when that happened. There was a, so there was an argument or something in a club. A guy, you guys either kicked him out or whatever. He went and got an AK and was trying to come back right. in. Okay. Right. We we did what we always do, and we put one of the parties out, held the other party inside, just so that it wouldn't erupt into the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we put him out, he just made an immediate beeline for his vehicle. Wow. Okay. Came back with the AK. Was he shooting at the club or shooting at people? He was shooting every which direction, just completely recklessly. Wow. Okay. So where were you when when this was happening? I was taking cover behind the owner's Porsche truck. <laughs> good, good. Hey, good, good choice of vehicle. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Were you behind the engine block or? Uh, no, from the way that it, it was backed into the spot. So the way that he was walking around, I was mm -hmm. back by the rear axle. Okay. Oh, wow. So, and you were armed? Yes. Okay. And uh, what were you armed with, if I can ask? Um, at the time, a uh, Smith & Wesson SD-40. Okay, all right. So you uh, you popped some shots at him. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, took him down? Yes, it was okay. two in the hip. Oh, okay, all right. So, and then, so he's still alive, but I think he, like, left the scene or something like that and then got arrested right. later, right? Right, left the scene, went to the hospital. They knew already when they got there, two gunshot wounds based on my story. They knew exactly who he was. Oh, okay. All right, so he got arrested. That was a year ago. Has anything else come out of this since then? Um, No, not really as far as I know. Uh, they're, you know, just doing the thing that they do in court where they keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I mean, everything's pretty solid. Okay. And this guy, this guy, was he uh, in trouble a lot? Do you know any, any of those kind of details? Is he a badass or something or want to be a badass? Uh, what's actually the odd thing being that I've worked the clubs in Huntsville for so long, I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. And I was asking people who he was and it seemed like nobody could really tell me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't really know him very well. Um, I think that he had just already uh, recently gotten out of being incarcerated. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I really don't know anything about the guy. Okay. All right. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Very cool. We'll get, we'll get into a lot more stuff that your story goes a lot deeper than that. So I think we'll take an opportunity here to get into more of that. Um, eight, 817LDS gave us uh, a couple, uh, some money here as a shout-out. Thank you. We appreciate that. I'll throw that up there. Uh, just hold on a second. We'll get to the questions and everything from everyone. Once we get everyone, like, introduced and settled in. So, American Gun Chick, do you want to do a quick intro? Tell the folks who you are if they haven't heard about you. So, what's up? I'm American Gun Chick. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I've had for, like, four or five years, something like that. Mm -hmm. where I started from scratch. Like, I didn't grow up hunting or shooting or anything like that. Like, I just grew up 
just an average person, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of got into it and then took a bunch of classes over a couple of years. Now what I do, my goal and my mission is for other girls to look at me and see me. And my goal is to be different and kind of stand out and show that like I'm, I don't know, like a girly girl, I guess. And just like mm -hmm. myself, you know, and that maybe other girls that are the same way, they can see that and they can recognize that like it's you don't have to be like a total badass i guess or you don't mm -hmm. have to be like ex-cop military guy you can, you can mm -hmm. be in the gun world and you can carry and you can defend yourself you know mm -hmm. so what i do now is i like host classes for like i've taken my training over the four years and then i host classes for other girls that maybe they're too nervous or intimidated to go get training from somewhere else and then i pretty much get them started get them comfortable teach them safety so they're safe and they're not like putting their finger on the trigger and mm -hmm. sleeping people and stuff like that and then give them tactics so they can learn how to like clear malfunctions if anything ever happens and stuff like that so okay that's what i do now and yeah you can find me on youtube all plat platforms pretty much like facebook twitter Instagram. right you've been kicking asses you're making music doing all kinds of stuff yeah. <laughs> I made an album. Yeah, go cop that album. Yeah. <laughs> Out there. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> are you the only one? Uh, Toya, are you also doing music? Do you have a SoundCloud or something? I do not. Uh, oh, no okay. one wants to hear me do music. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really? You should just do it anyway, because why not, you know? <laughs> I'm yeah. okay. I'm going to let you handle that one. <laughs> we should all get together in the gun world and do like a Christmas album or some kind of nonsense. Yeah. yeah, that would be pretty ill. <laughs> that would be cool. Like, yeah. like you change all the Christmas songs to like tactical songs, kind of. That'd be cool. Yeah, exactly. We should do something. You know, maybe do it for for some organization or charity or something like that. Okay, let's let's go to Latina Locked and Loaded. Joanna, you want to tell the folks about yourself real quick? Hi, uh, my name is Joanna. I'm Latina Locked and Loaded on social media and. Basically, me and my husband have a podcast on Sunday nights at seven on our YouTube channel. And um, we're Second Amendment advocates that focus on the Latino community and basically um, kind of encouraging, well, me, women and Latinos to get into guns and destigmatize the community from, you know, guns. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we do. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is that there's uh, that there's probably a lot of people in, well, lots of different communities, I, I would say, but in the Latino community that... You know, they've got this thing. I think everyone's into guns, but there is a stigma about coming out publicly with guns, right? That, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think everybody in the community can attest to, if you're living in a liberal area, like mm -hmm. my husband and I, that it's something that's very taboo. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, I openly talk about it, but, you know, you have to have kind of feelers for, you know, where you bring it up. Mm -hmm. um, but also in, within the Latino community, we kind of get abducted or brainwashed into a certain political, you know, ideology where guns are considered dangerous or you know, a negative thing. Same mm -hmm. thing happens in, in, in other minority communities like the black mm -hmm. community. So mm -hmm. that's why it's important to do work where, you know, you have to kind of open people's minds and make them realize that this is something that's not a negative thing and it can save their life. Yeah, I think the more we put this out there and everyone does it in their different forms, like Raquel is saying, like showing, hey, 
there's different <laughs> flavors, colors, shapes, sizes in, in, in this world. And we all, you know, we everyone should have access to the Second Amendment and be able to defend themselves. I think if we if we do that and talk about it more, uh, we help people to come out and, and talk about things that they've always thought about. You know, um, I, I remember when we got into this, Lola told me that she always thought guns were for the bad guys. Right. So and, and I know that's just a thing that does go through people's minds if you look at movies and all of that. So, um, yeah. Uh, so this helps. Listen, we've got the ladies here. We'll talk about stuff. There's lots of things I would like to find out from you all, uh, you know, how you feel about stuff. If you have questions for me, the questions for the audience, if there's uh, people in the audience that have questions, all of that, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, I'm going to go back to LaToya here. So you have a security company, right? You have a private security company? Yes. Okay. When did you start this private security company before or after this thing that happened at the club? Um, technically right before, but mm. legally LLC wise and the whole nine. Okay. After. After. Okay. So what did you do before, you know, before you were doing security? What were you? Um, well, I have been a manager at Journey's, the shoe store. Okay. Um, and then before that, I was in the Army. Army. Okay. How long were you in the Army? For three years. Three years. Okay. Did you do, uh, you know, there's lots of different things that people do in the Army. I don't know anything about armed services because I haven't done it. I was never in law enforcement. So I don't know. I don't think Raquel or Joanna, you guys were either, right? Negative. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that's not a prerequisite to be in the gun world, but you did do that. Did you do a lot of gun stuff when you were in the military? Um, not as far as handguns. Mm -hmm. um, I, of course, have my M4, and I was a 50 cal gunner as well. Okay. Um, I, 240, 249, um, but nothing, no handguns at all, actually. Oh, okay. So what made you want to get into the security thing? Um, so... At the time, the economy was really horrible when I got out of the military, mm -hmm. uh, and I tried the whole civilian thing. You know, I was thinking, you know, you can adjust to anything, whatever, whatever, and I just hated it. I hated working a shoe store, being customer service, even though it was commission. <laughs> I was making great money. Right, right. I just didn't like it, and and especially you know Black Friday and all that stuff rolls around. Mm -hmm. And at a time when it works so close to Christmas and Thanksgiving, is people are supposed to be in loving, you know, family, right. <laughs> art filled moods. Uh -huh. People are so nasty to one another, especially no. in those shopping environments. <laughs> I was just, matter of fact, I broke up a fight in my store on Black Friday because they was like, I don't think the mall security going to be able to do anything. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't need to be doing this anymore. I need to find something where I'm actually happy. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been a kind of confrontational person. Mm -hmm. I've always been aggressive. I've never been afraid of anything. Uh, you know, I like gun stuff. I like getting dirty. I like physical activities. So I just kind of put it all together. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what would I do for free if money were no object? Mm -hmm. And for a while, I did personal training on the side as well as security. And then I just decided I didn't want to do that anymore either. You kind of end up a therapist as well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that anymore either. So we just I just dove head first into security and I let everything else go. Okay. All right. And then you guys, Brickell or Joanna, you know, feel free to jump in it here anywhere. Um, 
So I don't know if this is like right or wrong to say. So hopefully, you know, I can get lots of forgiveness out of this show. I'm sh pretty sure I'm going to mess up at some point here, right? Because, I mean, I'm married to Lola. If I wake up in the morning and I open my mouth to say anything, I'm wrong. So I'm just... <laughs> You're wrong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Automatically, instantly. While I was sleeping, I was dreaming wrong. So... Um, you know, but you kind of strike me, uh, Toya, as a kind of like a tomboy. Is that? I am. I'm a okay. tomboy. I mean, I'm sitting here right now with mm -hmm. lashes on, mink lashes and a mm -hmm. black eye. So mm -hmm. I'm like really, really 50-50. Yeah. Okay. I like to wear heels sometimes, but I will also dive head first into a fight. Okay. So you, so that is a black eye over there. What? Can oh, you... yeah. Yeah. That's definitely oh. a black eye. Okay. I got, I got caught good last night. Uh, Did and, you give one back? Yeah, what happened? Got lots back. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is there a story? Yeah, exactly. Story? <laughs> um, it was just we were uh, the club was about to start letting out, and a girl had started a confrontation on the inside with someone that works at the club. Mm -hmm. And as we were putting her out, she started to get into it with another girl. They started trying to confront one another. So I was going to push her out, and you know I wasn't like hitting her. I was just pushing her out and she just turned and oh like <laughs> I, I i defended myself oh okay <laughs> i defended myself. um have you guys oh, go ahead go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i, I want to see what the other girl looks like now <laughs> no comment yeah for legal reasons <laughs> right no we comment we don't necessarily want to get deep into that although i doubt that she's looking at this so um, yeah, so, yeah, you seem, you know, you just kind of have that take charge attitude to me. Um, what, so what, what do you guys, what does like Brickell Joanna think about this? Would you guys see yourself, Brickell, do you see yourself as kind of like a tomboy, Joanna? I'm definitely nope. a tomboy. Um, I'm basically a tomboy with long hair and I've actually been like my best friend, um, of 15 years. I remember like six, like six years into our friendship, I was single at the time. She asked me if I was, you know, a lesbian, actually, like, because I gave off that vibe. Like, the way I walk is apparently very aggressive. Uh -huh. um, and I'm like, no, man, I'm just taking a break from dudes for a little while. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I've always been a tomboy. I play video games. I like sports. You know, it's, you know, never been a girly girl. Okay. All right. I learned okay. to apply mascara, like, at 25 or 26. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know a lot about this, about the subject of mascara, but I'm pretty sure that's late. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's late. Brickell, what about you? Tomboy? Um, you know what? That's a funny question because I don't consider myself a tomboy, actually. I mean, I consider myself, I don't know if people think this is not a good thing, but very mm -hmm. girly. Like, I wear hair extensions. I wear fake eyelashes. Mm -hmm. I do, the, like, when I do my makeup, I do, like, the full contour, like, nose contour, all that stuff. Got my nails done. Wait, where's mm -hmm. the camera? Right there you here. go. Oh, nails. But, Glitter, of but, course. Yeah, we got some bling right there. <laughs> yes, and I, those nails I, look I, sharp also, by the way. Yeah, look. What is the deal? Is that... What? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's... Okay, that's yeah. That's oh, that's the look now? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know about but, these things. Okay. On the other hand, I do want to say that at the same time, like, I'm not somebody that is like, ew, I don't want to get dirt under my fingernails, or no, I don't want to go fishing, or I would, I'm not going to skin a deer, like... That's not true at all. Like, I will skin a deer with high heels on. Like, I will go fishing in a bikini. Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I go shooting, obviously, all the time. Like, I like to get dirty. I like I do, I did jujitsu for a little bit. But mm-hmm. I want to do some Krav Maga. I wouldn't say that I like confrontation like Toya. Like, I think I admire her for that, and I think that's really cool that she mm-hmm. can handle confrontation. I hate confrontation. Mm-hmm. I've, like, literally never been in a fight. I've been punched, and that's about it. And, like, I want to be more, a little bit more on that, like, I don't know how to explain it, more of, like, a bulldog type kind of where you can like but yeah i don't like confrontation i don't like fights i don't like aggressive stuff like that really? but at the same time i'm not like somebody that's doesn't like getting out there and getting dirty you know yeah. so is that a is that a um like a bad word to call to call a woman a tomboy is that is that i like, don't think so yeah i don't think okay. so at all yeah i don't I'm, think so. is it a bad word to call a girl girly like you're, yeah you're really girly no, I don't is think that so. Is it? Okay, no. so Toya is. <laughs> he said yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, so like American Gun Chick, I don't know if I would say tomboy, but you seem like, uh, you seem like you could, you could, um, how could I put it? You're the kind of person you could talk to anyone. So I've noticed like if someone talks to you rough or whatever, you could talk to them rough. If they're, you know, they're nice, yeah. you can, you know, so you just seem like that to me. Like either you grew up with like brothers or something like that and you're just, you know, you know, you don't have any issue dealing with people who are aggressive or whatever. I don't know um, yeah, if that's I mean, the thing. I have, so I have three brothers and, mm-hmm. and but I mean, yeah, I, I think Who's I kind the of oldest? like, what's that? Who's the oldest? Yeah. I'm the second oldest. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you have a lot of brothers. Like, so for example, Lola always tells me that Toya reminds her of my sister, and I'm and I'm pretty sure she told her that too. And the re- like, my sister was the young, she was the baby, and she grew up with us guys, and she is the most badass one out of all the kids, you know. And I think that's why like Toya reminds Lola of her because, you know, she says whatever she wants to say, like. Usually any dude she's messing around with is always scared of her. <laughs> you know, uh, I always find myself in that situation where that guy's trying to talk to me to, like, calm her down or something. But, you know, so it just feels like if you if you deal with a lot of guys, I don't know, Toya, is that true? Maybe you didn't grow up with brothers or anything like that. Um, actually, I grew up an only child. I don't okay. know what's wrong with me. I just came out like this. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, yeah, the oh man, the contrast of the way that guys deal with a woman like me is crazy. You're either mm. going to hit like the peak of their insecurities because right. they can't forcibly dominate you into submission mm-hmm. or like they're just going to be a complete pushover and I mean, mm-hmm. who wants a man that's just a 100% pushover? Right. Um I don't know. You guys what are you guys into? This is a good thing. The guys right now are like, oh, let's see. What do they, what kind of guys do you guys like? Uh, let's, no, I, let's I, go I, ahead. Go ahead, AGC. No, I, I agree with Toya. I, I mean, I can't speak for all women on the planet, but no, I don't think any girl wants to be with a guy that's like, you know, like, go pick that up. And he's like, okay, sorry. Well, you know, like a pushover. Uh-huh. So, but I can, I can see how guys would be intimidated by Toya because maybe like, she'd beat him up and they'd be like, man, I'm not man enough. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, um, I, well, okay, let's find out from, from everyone. Let's go around. We'll start with Joanna. What kind of guys 
do you like Joanna? And I know you, I know that you know Rolando somewhere. Just pretend he's not anywhere there. You know, in case it's not him, which whatever. But no, just, just let was, us know. Um, I have a feeling it's gonna have to do with uh, K-pop. But go ahead. No, I swear it's not. Tell us what kind of guys. <laughs> so I definitely had a reputation amongst my friends as dating the wrong guy. Um, actually, one of my we used to do gag birthday gifts, and mm-hmm. you know we basically razz on people um, for whatever like they're known for, whatever mm-hmm. their you know negative aspect of their life. So I remember my birthday gift when they were doing this thing amongst my friends was I got a basket like a birthday basket called toxic love so mm. clearly I was like okay I'm picking the wrong guy so I dated the jerks and I dated tried that it didn't work mm. out you know I don't know why women are attracted to bad boys it's a terrible thing okay so I the dated, jerks are bad boys um yeah I, okay. I mean and then I tried Is that, I thought those were two separate categories there's like the jerk dudes but, and then the, least, the bad boy dudes were separate or that's the same thing could be both. Okay. Didn't like it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like jealous people, and I don't like people mm-hmm. who try to tell me what to do. Um, okay. Then I went the opposite way and dated someone that was too nice and too soft mentally. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's also not my thing. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, I had pretty much given up. I, I found Rolando, and he's like the perfect person because you don't want someone like you need someone who is like a a man like to be like the counter to your woman Mm -hmm. like i don't want to have to date someone who doesn't know how to like fix a flat tire not that i need him to do that for me but you know he can do it for himself like Mm -hmm. i actually dated someone who needed me to help him with that and i was like wow so (laughs) (laughs) that's bad on the parents right there yeah right so Mm -hmm. um someone like rolando is a catch and because he's he's just such a, an assertive man that ha- you know not to, I'm a you know I'm a feminist I could do my own stuff independent mm-hmm. but you know he takes care of himself and he helps me with my stuff and but at the same time he's like the nicest sweetest person in the world who I mean just he's very loving so you need someone who's loving but who's also a, a man mm-hmm. how's that okay <laughs> that's <All> my right. <laughs> yeah that makes sense let me just ask what's your definition of a feminist. What is like? Fe- what does it mean to you? Everyone, I'm sure everyone has different definitions of this, right? So, dudes, typically well, I, we I hear feminists. In, we're like, uh oh. Yeah, not not toxic feminazi. I believe in equality right. and in the good and the bad. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to pay for my stuff. I can pay for my own stuff and I can do mm-hmm. my own work, you know. Um, but I also want the good of the equality that goes with the bad of the equality. So. Mm-hmm. That's what I think feminism should yeah. be. Yeah, I, I, I love a woman that could pay for her own yeah. stuff. And maybe buy me some stuff too, you know. Just saying, just saying. Okay, very cool. So let's 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 go to Toya. Um, what's what's your idea of a good dude out there? You are into guys, right? Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm assuming. Oh uh, well, I like both. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So is what you like about a guy what's di- different from what you like about uh, a, a woman? Yeah, oh. so so yeah. it's a balance. Right? Mm-hmm. My cats keep walking in front of me. So no, that's cool. They're not, they're not. They're not. They're um, not. Uh, they're not messing a with anything. Very feminine, girly girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I back? Yeah, we can okay. hear you. Yeah, you didn't go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a very feminine, girly girl. So I like like really pretty, really girly girls. Like nails done, makeup done, weave and like. Hey, Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> Raquel was like, oh, wait a second. Um, yeah, I was like, I know this is where she's going to show her nails. <laughs> but 
with guys though, you know, I I was raised by men, by mm. real men. Um, I lived with my grandparents a lot, and mm. my grandma had five boys. Mm. And one of them, the youngest one, I actually grew up with the in the house with him. And they were all men, you know, you can drop all of them off in the woods tomorrow. And if you come back in a week, they're going to have a multifamily unit with air conditioning or something like that. Like real men that have life skills that, you know, can take care of you more than just financially. Because like she said, like I can pay for my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you're there and you're a willing person to do it, that's awesome. But I don't need you to do it. I mean, shoot, I don't need you to build me nothing or anything like that either. But at the same time, don't let me have more quote unquote, traditionally masculine skills and and life trades and things like that than you do. Cause that's completely unacceptable. Like don't let my hands be rougher than yours. Cause right. it's just never going to work. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> remind me to never like shake your hands. Cause I have notoriously, <laughs> this is, this is a weird thing to say, but it's kind of like one of my superpowers. I have very soft hands. Don't, you know, don't judge me. You're also a guy, though, so that's only one of the, only one of the traits, like you're a man. Yeah. Lola's very jealous of that, by the way. She's very jealous. I don't know if it's an Indian thing or what it is, but my hands, huh? No, it's just, it's just one of those weird things. It's just one of those weird things. But, you know, I know people judge you by that. And I'm always like, man, I wish my hands were rougher. What can I do? You know, I got to like get some, put my hands in sand or something like that, you know, all the time. Make it rougher so you can yeah, be all manly. Like callus. Yeah, Start lifting weights. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whips, no gloves, no chalk, no nothing. Yeah. It, does, it actually doesn't matter. Like calluses and things like that go away real fast. So, um, so okay. So when, so when, if you're in the mood for guys, you want them to be men. And yeah. when you flip that the other way around, you're in the mood for women. You want them to be women. Yes, I'm greedy. Okay. No, that makes sense. It makes sense. I completely understand it. Okay, Brickell, tell us all your preferences. Um, you had time. You had time to figure this out. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I don't even think I really even have a type. Uh-huh. I mean, I have. I don't know. I haven't dated a whole lot of people, but like my ex compared to who I'm dating now, mm-hmm. like like apples and oranges. So, okay. like. Like my ex boyfriend, he's gay now, and he's like, <laughs> if he, if he, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh at that, that, but that just cracks I, me up. That's exactly what I'm thinking. He's 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 pretty, like he's prettier than me, and uh-huh. like Joe, you guys know Joe. He right, obviously he doesn't look like like that or anything. Yeah, Joe's he's rough and tumble, man. Dude, he's manly. So. Yeah, he's a manly dude. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I agree, like, I think with all women on the face of the earth, like, if, if you're going to be with a man, you want to be with a man. Like, I've always thought that, like, city boys, like, guys that wear, like, designer stuff and mm-hmm. have, like, office jobs, I always thought that that was, I don't know, like, not that attractive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you want someone that, like, you know, does the same things you're into, like, shoots guns, uh, hunts, like, mm-hmm. does man-type stuff. Like, if, mm-hmm. we're, if we're stranded out in the wilderness... And it's up to me to figure it out. You can, like, I'm already, like, not interested, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like somebody that can, you know, change a tire, uh, change the oil on your car, um, just 
do man stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. By the way, Kathleen Music Lover says, does Hank ask the guys who come on here their sexual preferences? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, you <laughs> what know about what? you, Hank? Now that's it's a, your turn. Yeah, I, I, will, I will answer. Okay, so listen, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, obviously here we're willing to talk about all kinds of stuff. So I don't know if we've actually had something come up. I didn't necessarily ask Toya that. You know, she... Yeah, she vibe. It's we're, the vibe. Yeah, it's we're. T- vibe. No, no, it's not. Listen, we're talking here, and there's lots of guys like commenting how how beautiful you guys are and all that kind of stuff. And I figured, you know, if I if I have some women on here in the gun world, we'll talk about this a little bit. So this is just kind of like an introduction to the whole thing, right? Because being women, I think that men out there are a factor of this whole thing, which we'll get into here in a second. So okay, we're talking about my preferences right now. Okay. I'm strictly into the ladies, so just in case anyone wants to know. I know there's probably some dudes out there who think I'm a very attractive man, but too bad for you. That's all I could say. And I like, you know, my mom was really tough. So my mom was uh, like a little old Indian lady, I always tell people, but she was really, she was really tough. She was a badass. My dad is a pretty big, tough guy. But um, I think my dad's probably more afraid of her than anyone else. And I've always been attracted to, like, strong women. So, And it's a weird thing because I grew up, like, I think my mom always had issues with me. Maybe I was too much like my dad, so we were always in conflict. But I only respect women who are tough. Like, you know, a lot of what you guys are saying, I, I feel like everyone should bring something to the table in a relationship, you know? And if you're if you're just going to lean on each other, every, you're going to fall down. So you want someone that if times are tough for you, you can lean on them. They could hold you up and vice versa. If times are tough on them, they can lean on you. You could hold each other up. You should always be able to augment each other. That's the kind of thing that I'm into. I feel like, um, you know, that's where I'm at with Lola. That's why we've been together so long. Otherwise, would have never been married. I'm not actually the marrying type. So. You know. You guys are so obviously a team. Okay. Thanks. You see yeah. that, right? You, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny about that though? Here's the thing. I'm just gonna go off on a tangent here a little bit. Everyone always tells me how lucky I am that you, I've you got Lola. Lucky. I was gonna say, do you not agree? <laughs> I do agree, but how about like sometimes someone saying to Lola, you know, you're really lucky that you you met Hank. How about that? Can that happen? All right, Lola's lucky. You guys are both lucky. But maybe no, Lola's no, no, no. I, feel, I don't feel that's genuine, Raquel. <laughs> You're just saying that because I said something about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so listen. Okay, I don't know. If you guys have questions here, we'll get into it all here in a second. Um, so what do you guys... This is probably a good subject that we were just talking about here. Like I said, it's a segue. What do you all think being women in the gun world? And I know in your case, Joanna, you're kind of you're you're new to this. Raquel's been doing it for a while. Uh, Trill, I think you like got into this. Would you say a year ago, year and a half, or something at this point? Yeah, I'd say this is like yeah, about almost exactly a year and a half. Okay, so what do you think about that in the gun world? Any issues here with dudes? I um. Oh. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, go, go, go for it. Uh, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. I was—I don't know. There's been like no issues like in person. Everyone's been pretty cool. Like I've taken classes where it's just been all guys, and I was the only mm-hmm. girl. And everyone treated me normal. But on the internet, 
I've had a lot of people commenting like stuff like saying sexual stuff and mm-hmm. calling me a gun bunny and mm-hmm. saying you have a big nose and all like just referring to what I look like. And I'm like, what does that have to do with the video? But at the end of the day, I don't really care what any of the men think because I'm mm-hmm. really doing this channel for other girls. So mm-hmm. to me, it's like totally irrelevant anyway. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's funny how people can be really rude on the internet. Yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah, but to your face, they can't necessarily be that rude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's very interesting. And by the way, I think uh, you've got a very pretty nose. Got no problems with your nose whatsoever. Oh, thank you. People You're are saying gorgeous. that she's Yes, Raquel. yes. She oh, knows that. You. She's just getting more compliments from us. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. No, thank you. But, you know, maybe that was like reverse psych. What is that thing called? Is uh, Nagging? Do you know what that is? Nagging. Yeah, that means yeah. like when you insult someone, yeah. try and sleep with them or something. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's just guys on the internet trying that nonsense. So let's yeah. let's uh, let's see. Um, okay, Joanna, you want to go? Because you sounded like you had some... Uh, some issues yeah. here. Okay. I, I don't, I mean, I don't put too many, I don't really emphasize myself on mm-hmm. my page. Um, and I, I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I remember at SHOT Show when I had pretty much started in November um, on social media and, and, you know, had gotten into it around the Second Amendment um, rally. And I only had, I wasn't very big when I went to SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. And, but I kept hearing, you're going to blow up. You're going to blow up so big because you're, you're so, so attractive. <laughs> and I, I remember I would get, I'm the kind of person who gets like pissed when, right. you know, like if, I remember when I was younger, someone would wolf whistle. I would turn around and like be ready to fight somebody instead mm-hmm. of like being like complimented. Mm-hmm. So um, one that kind of like annoyed me on some level because I consider myself an intellectual and I don't like being judged based on only my face, you know? I mean, that's fine. I understand that's human mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. But as, like, on a personal level, that's always been something that annoyed me. Like, mm-hmm. um, don't judge me just on what I look like. And then, um, so that was a little bit annoying to me, where I felt like I was trying to talk more on the advocacy stuff and be more serious. And people thought I was going to do well because I'm cute. Um, mm-hmm. But I get it. Again, that's a human nature. And then the second thing is, uh, men who send you DMs, Uh-oh. like you're gonna just respond like, right. "I'm so grateful you're hitting on me." Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, no, I'm not. You know, like, I get it. I guess if I, I would understand it if I was like constantly like, mm-hmm. you know, like putting myself like, "I'm so sexy. I have my boobs out. And I'm holding a gun between my boobs." And like, but I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. like. I, I do you think do, okay so do you think that you that someone has to like do that in order for dudes to try to get at them in the dms <laughs> i mean I, I i i just i don't know i've never had any like this is new to me so i'm always oh. like flabbergasted okay like, have why? you ever met dudes because we don't need much <laughs> it could be like a light breeze <laughs> a light breeze could get guys going <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know i guess i'm just uh-huh. um Mm-hmm. That's just a, a personal thing, like I guess. Like I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. serious, so that's why mm-hmm. it's kind of like surprising to me that it's such a thing. Okay, so I get I get what she's saying, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, cause I, I mean, people, some people, they don't take me seriously because they see mm-hmm. my Instagram and they're like, well, she's wearing like a skimpy outfit and you know has blonde hair and has her makeup done at the range. Like, obviously, she's just yeah. But so what? I mean, yeah, but yeah. Should you I be dumpy? They don't understand that other girls are going to see that 
you know, and like maybe girls that are millennials, city girls, whatever. And they're going to think like, that's kind of cool. She's doing that. Maybe I can do that. And then, cause I'm not trying to preach to the choir. We already have enough girls that are already gun girls that are into it. So what I'm trying to do is reach out to those girls. But of course guys will see that and think, Oh, you're just doing it for attention. And the word gun bunny, the word mm. gun bunny is like so annoying, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you're just calling me hot. So whatever jokes on you, you know? Yeah. Gun bunny. I think I've said this to you before, Brickell. There's dudes that are gun bunnies, okay? Yeah. Let's just realize that. Like, I, I know that people try to use that for women. I don't understand why. Like, everyone wants to look good. Doesn't everyone want to look good? Yeah. I'm Plus, pretty sure. Plus, why should I change who I am? Like, this is who you I should've. am. I'm not going to, like, mm -hmm. change who I am. Like, when I wake up in the morning, what I feel like wearing is what I wear. Like, I dye my hair blonde because that's what I want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... If um, if I had like a 12 pack or whatever, you guys will see me shirtless all the time. Okay, I'd be doing this podcast right now shirtless. Okay, you know if 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 the schlong or whatever was was uh, you know sizable, however we want to put it, I'd be wearing little tight jeans or listen. Everyone's like that. People try to accentuate their things, and men do this kind of stuff too, right? So as men, we, we have nice cars or wear jewelry or do this thing, or, or if we got muscles, we wear little medium-sized T-shirts, <laughs> right? So we're all trying to do this as human beings. We're trying to, one, I think, feel good about ourselves, but naturally, we want other people to, to you know, we want to look our best and feel like other people think we're attractive too, so... I think that there's people who are just trying to, whatever their problem is, and, and there's probably lots of problems if we want to analyze them, they want to look at you and say, oh, this is the only thing about you that has value. But this is what human beings do. There's going to be people who look at me and go, oh, people are just doing stuff with you because you're a black guy, right? That's just, there's just people like that. And and um, unfortunately, they're just immature people that we, you know, we just have to deal with that kind of thing. So... Um, uh, Toya, what about you? Have you come across this and has people, have people gotten knocked out? Um, I mean, in person, people don't try me. Like guys don't even try to talk to me in person. Not really. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, same, same as them, you know, online guys have definitely talked their stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, none that I would probably ever see in person to mm -hmm. know who they are. So is this guys in the gun world or um or guys in general where where is it coming from it, are, are these guys in the gun world that are trying to like kick it to you or both okay all right okay yeah both for sure mm -hmm. um i will say though um i haven't had any any of the two-way guys like be even if they are talking to me online, like be disrespectful or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, not any of the ones that I know of, if maybe they were two way and I didn't know they were, but no, I really can't say that I've had anyone get out of line, just random trolls online and that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's always online. <laughs> yeah. It's always online. It's never, never in person. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, what is this? Uh, Elfster's Rifles and Reloading says, Sorry, ladies, but Brandon Herrera has you beat for the most luxurious head of hair in the gun community. <laughs> do you know Do you know who Brandon Herrera is? Do you guys? Yes. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I was saying vaguely, not really. Vaguely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
If if Brandon was here right now, he would have flipped his hair like about a thousand times already. I, so. I was uh, I saw him at uh, a <laughs> shot show. And I couldn't believe how often he was touching his hair. I mean, I know I've been doing it, but it's in, like my yeah. face. He's cool like, though. I like Brandon. I like he's Brandon's a nice guy. But see, everyone goes through this, right? You know, and I think ultimately you have to like we just have to learn. You know, there's always things. I think as human beings, one of the things that's going on here is human beings, we like to tease each other and mess with each other. I'm sure that Toya, when you're in the army, you saw a lot of that. And and there's probably a line where people go across that line and now they're just doing it too much or they have a problem. But sometimes it's like maybe even a term of endearment that just as people, we mess around with each other, right? Definitely. I give my friends hell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same I, here. I think just as people, we like joke around and stuff, mm -hmm. and people are too sensitive, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know, like my so my sons, for example, I love my kids, right? There's no other feeling like that, you know. I think my kids love me unconditionally. They're the only people I ever met that feel <laughs> that way about me, right? And I feel that way about them. I mess with them all the time. I'm like, hey, you got a big head. You know, did we just do that? And I think it's, you know, there's that. And then there's when you take that thing across the line and now you just really want to be vicious. So you want to make give that person a tough time, make things difficult for them, which, you know, we all are going to run into that in, in some way here. So, OK, let's see. Um, I don't know if there's any questions coming in yet here since we're talking. If you guys have questions, you could throw it at us. Uh, Miss K says Toya is gangster. Laugh out loud, love it. Um, she has uh, that they don't even try her like that kind of thing. So there you go. Um, uh, let's see. And I think someone was asking about guns. So do you, do you guys want to go into this? We'll ask the obligatory favorite guns question. And maybe we'll start, the, we'll start with American Gun Shake and go the other way around. Raquel, have you changed favorite guns? Um, not really, actually. Like, I really love... Smith & Wesson M&P with my Apex trigger, like, that gun has been the one. Like, really? You know. <laughs> you know. Okay. That, that gun, like, and all the classes that I've, like, had for all these women, mm -hmm. they always try out that gun because we have them test out a bunch of different guns. Mm -hmm. And I would say, like, I haven't had a single girl that's like, no, I don't like that gun. They all love that gun. I don't know what it is about putting that Apex trigger in that gun, but hmm. it's, like, the perfect gun. Okay, what the break or something like that? So I mean, I'm not like Glocks. A standard Glock trigger is not the greatest thing in the world, but it doesn't super bother me. I'm not the kind of person that changes a trigger automatically. I don't know where you guys are at on that one. Do you always change the trigger out of a handgun like that? Uh, well, no, not even. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't even own any Glocks yet, but um, we're looking to get my first Glock mm -hmm. now. But mm -hmm. um, I, I haven't had a problem with, uh, with the trigger, but I've, I'm turning into a trigger snob. Mm -hmm. This is a new thing. Like, as you as you get more into it, like, I never used to be. And then I remember I was shooting a gun, and I, I the words, this is mushy, came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <"What's> happening? <laughs> Once you start so shooting I'm sure enough. It, I'm sure it'll start, it'll start happening. Yeah, more I think more. it does. It does happen. Toya, what were you going to say on that one? Um, no, same exact thing as Raquel, though. Um, I mine is a MMP 2.0 okay. as well. Um, and I haven't put the Apex trigger in yet, but it's definitely on my to do list. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, just it, 
I don't know if maybe it's something about women's hands. Like, I personally, I don't shoot Glock. Like, I literally cannot shoot a Glock. It's just, it feels horrible in my hands. Mm. My hands feel like I just tried to play Xbox for an hour. Really? Long answer. <laughs> and it's just, it, there's just, I don't know, it's the palm swell, the angle. Mm. I don't know what it is, but that MP is awesome. Okay. Whenever I do lessons, I've pretty much switched everyone over that's a Smith & Wesson that has shot with me. They mm -hmm. shoot theirs shoot whatever else is available, shoot mine, and they all want to go the next day and go and buy something new. Hmm. Okay, so ergonomics, I guess, is playing a big part here. Um, Joanna, what? so what handguns do you guys have that you like? I know you're saying you're um, looking for a Glock, but... Yeah, that's just because, you know, it, it's a good idea to have a Glock, you know, mm -hmm. in case the end of the world happens. Everyone's mm -hmm. going to have extra mags everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite right now of my collection is uh, the CZ-75 Phantom. I shoot that lights hmm. out. I love that gun to death. Hmm. And um, and I recently started liking my husband's Canik uh, TP9SF Elite. I used hmm. to not be very good with that, but hmm. I've been doing a lot of work with it. I have really weak hands because I broke my wrists and my hands when I was younger. Hmm. Um, I used to That's a good gun. It's a great gun. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but I have, if you if you limp wrist, it, it has some issues. But uh, I've been getting better with it. I've been shooting it really well. I used to be a skateboarder when I was younger. Okay. <laughs> Apparently not a very good skateboarder because I hurt <laughs> myself. But, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so I have some hinge, uh, history of injuries and, and arthritis in my hands. So I always look to uh, improve on my, on my hand strength and stuff like that. But now I've been shooting that a lot. And um, we live in Florida, so I carry a 380, uh, the LCP2 by Ruger, just because you know, it's so hot. I, and I also carry at work. So I, I'm in the medical field, so I wear scrubs. So I feel like that's the easiest for me to carry on body. Mm -hmm. I don't like to carry in purse, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people look down on, on carrying a 380, but I really, I, I shoot that gun really well. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a problem with it. Okay. It's not a gun snob. Yeah. What so, do you guys, go ahead, go ahead, Toya. So the LCP trigger must, the two must be way bigger, better than the first one. Oh, no, say, yeah. There's no yeah. way you didn't want to switch that trigger. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I actually really like it. I, I, I kept hearing how bad um, the one was, so I tried it out once, and it was, yeah, night and day. They yeah. did a much better job on the, the two. Yeah, so I yeah. think that the, uh, so the, L the Ruger LCP-1 was basically a clone or Ruger ripping off Keltec. You know, and yeah. copying the P3AT, and I think the nature of those guns is just a long trigger pull, right? Um, yeah, that's kind of like, like the safety. Yeah, exactly. So I think the nature of that, people are looking for it. I think the good thing that um, that Ruger did is that they improved it with the two, and they came up with with what people were asking for for a long time. And it's kind of ironic to me because Caltech never improved that thing, but. You know, I guess it is what it is. I hear a lot of people like traveling around the country. A lot of people either like that Keltec P3AT or the the Ruger for that reason because it's just a little pocket gun. Yeah, I mean, I use the Bodyguard 380 for the same reason. Okay, the Bodyguard 380. Okay, what do you? I have the Bodyguard too. Oh, okay. Well, I had it and then I sold it. I wasn't a big fan of it. Okay. The trigger pull is just really long and. That thing, my hand will be, like you said, like playing Xbox all day. It'll be all red and beat up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an awful trigger. It's completely horrible. But, you know, as as women, I feel like we 
if you're really adamant about protecting yourself and really adamant about properly concealing your, your gun, you kind of got to have guns like your outfits. It really just depends on what I'm wearing of what gun I'm toting. You know, mm -hmm. if okay. I just got on yoga pants, no pockets, a form-fitting shirt, I got to find, you know, a fanny pack or a side pocket or something for that 380. If I've got on something a little bit more loose, maybe I can do the shield. I can't conceal that M&P with a hoodie on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it has a lot. That's what I've noticed from, for me as a guy, I just wear baggy stuff. <laughs> I'm not super, obviously not super fashion conscious, but I think that's something I hear from Lola all the time that, you know, it really depends on what you're like. Here's, here's a crazy thing I've noticed. Why is it women's pants or jeans or whatever you guys are wearing, right? On your butts doesn't have pockets. Just answer me that. Answer me that. It's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> or it'll have pockets, but they're fake pockets. Yeah, fake. Like, For what reason? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to put, if you're wearing form-fitting pants, you're not going to want to put stuff in your pockets because you're going to be able to see it. The other day I had a, a, a switchblade and I just like tucked it into my pocket and then like I looked in the mirror and it's like you could see the entire thing. And I'm like, well, that's not very concealed, is it? Yeah. So, I mean. Well, yeah, that's true. But. I mean, so so what's about other stuff? Yeah, so what's yeah. more important? Like, where are you guys gonna carry stuff then? In our bras. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm stuff in there bras like that. or purses, so okay. I just be out of luck. Yeah. So okay, where do you carry stuff then? Um, most of the time, uh, I went and found a couple of fanny packs that'll match okay. like all of my outfits. Okay. Um, I recently actually just got a little holster for my, uh, my 380. Mm -hmm. Um, I have the, the Vicondi apparel pants, um, so where you can still have your yoga pants, but you, they have belt loops, hmm. so you can wear your holsters that way. Um, but yeah, if it's not in a fanny pack or, you know, somewhere appendix to where I can conceal it, cause on my hip, I can't really conceal it. Mm -hmm. Then I just got to hope that I can fight my way out of it or something. I don't know. Yeah. So wait a second. So there's yoga, there's yoga pants with uh, belt loops. Oh, there's all kinds of things these days. So she has the brand, the Vicondi Apparel brand. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Alexo Apparel, she has her brand. And then what? what's the other one, ladies? Is it Dina or Dina Adams? Uh, so, oh, yeah, I think Adams. it's Dina Adams. Yeah, there's bras, there's pants, there's... The waist things, all tank tops, all kinds of stuff these days. Okay. And I, have a, I have a holster for my bra, the flashbang holster. Mm -hmm. Oh, that yeah. Really well. Flashbang holsters, yeah. Yeah. I remember Lola flashbang. did some stuff with the flashbang, but I don't think she really uses it. Do you use that, Joanna? I've used it. I, okay. Like I said, I, I wear scrubs, so it's mm -hmm. like the perfect thing. Because I was mm -hmm. pocket carrying, but I, I, wear, I have too many like things in my pockets already, like mm -hmm. all my medical stuff. So that was getting in the way. Um, so I ended up with um, that so I can easily, you know, just in yeah. case. What, so what are, you, what are you using in the flashbang? What, what um, I usually carry my, my LCP2 in there. Okay. All right. Yeah. See, I'm not super well endowed, so I don't really have extra <laughs> room to hide stuff. Just <laughs> need to get, like, extra booby bra or something like that. Makes you look like you get extra. Get the bombs filled. Yeah, <laughs> right, or pushes it up. Um, and I think the thing you want to be careful of with that, like I know, is because you're pulling it down, 
and there there have been people that have hurt themselves by pulling it down and pulling the trigger at the same time. So obviously that's something that you want to train for, right? It's just like dudes that carry appendix. Dudes have shut themselves in the business, you know. So I think it's just one of those things. Brickell, what were you gonna say about what are you? How how are you carrying stuff? Um. Oh, I was gonna say that there's also Undertech, mm -hmm. and they have like really cute clothes too. They have these mm -hmm. yoga pants that are really nice. It comes with a holster right here, a holster back here, so you can carry kind of anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I also have my just holster at holster with an Ulta clip, and you can clip that to anything inside your purse. You can clip it to yoga pants. Mm -hmm. You can clip it any any material really. Okay. Yeah, so um, I know there's, are you talking about the stuff that's like corsets, like a real tight thing? You can have it under the clothing, yeah. and well, then you can hide stuff no, in there? I do oh, have that can, too. can concealment, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is that good? Do you guys, anyone use that? I have the thigh holster, mm -hmm. but I haven't used it yet, because I'm a little bit afraid, because I'm like thick-thighed, so I'm like a little bit afraid it's going to like start sliding down my leg. So, mm. I don't know if anyone's used it, but I'm like, eh. Yeah, so I'm assuming the thigh holster is only going to help you with a skirt or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. in jeans, that's not, it's going to be too tough for you to get to it there. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so do any do any of any of you guys use the, the stuff that goes like on the stomach or um, around the I hips? Have, I have the low-riding garter from... Um, from can can concealment and mm -hmm. with the right outfit on you can have two mags for each for two different guns a tourniquet lip gloss personal stuff a knife mm -hmm. brass knuckles like you can have all kinds of stuff in those things mm -hmm. and just carry 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 and they're comfortable okay what were you gonna say Brickell? um i was gonna say i have like the can can too mm -hmm. but i don't really use it that much i don't know just the fact that there's no kydex and it's just like like material like soft material i don't know it's kind of weird like I, I feel like i always feel like my gun's more secure with like my holster like kind yeah. of you know yeah is there ever a time that you ladies go out somewhere and you don't carry because of fashion does that well then it's it's purse carry at that point okay okay yeah. well i mean I'll, I'll be honest like if i'm getting all decked out like heels dress everything going out you're probably going out you're probably drinking too because you're going to like a club or something, the bar or whatever. Mm -hmm. So obviously mm -hmm. if I'm going out to drink, I won't carry because that doesn't really mix good together. But, uh, I mean, it, it does get harder because sometimes you just want to wear like a tight dress or an outfit or whatever because you want to look good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, at that point it's purse carry because you really don't have a lot of options. Yeah. What about you, Toya? Um, it depends. Like the part of town that I live in kind of has its own little community. Um, so like if I'm going three seconds up the road to the restaurant or to Walmart or something, mm -hmm. I might leave it in my vehicle. If I just threw on a tank top and some booty shorts or some yoga pants or something, um, if I know I'm just running out and coming right back in, but that really just depends on where I'm going. If I'm going past my little intersection down here, then I'm definitely going to make sure I have something on body. Okay, so does that, because I know like for me, if I'm if I'm out and I don't have that gun on my hip, I feel naked. Do you guys have that uh, feel? I remember when I first started doing this, it was weird to me to get used to even carrying all the time in the first place, right? And so now I'm in a state where if I, if, if I don't have that thing on my hip, I, I'm like, something's wrong. I could tell. I could leave the house yeah. without my phone and, and 
you know, completely forget about it, but the gun doesn't really happen like that. You guys feel that yeah, same there, way? Yeah, like I started this channel four years ago, so before that, I wasn't into guns. I didn't carry, obviously, or anything like that. And then when you first start carrying, it feels weird because you're like, oh my gosh, I got I have a gun on me. And then you get used to it, like as you become more familiar with guns and stuff. But before I ever started carrying, you know, like when you walk to like Seven Eleven and, and there's some shady people there, and you're like, oh. it, it, it's that feeling. Maybe only girls get this feeling, but it's that feeling of like, man, this is sketchy. Like, I don't like being here. But then when you have your gun on you, you almost feel like, man, I should have been doing this my whole life. I feel so much better, mm -hmm. you know, walking through this gas station, knowing that if someone tries to kidnap me or rob me or whatever, that I have a better chance. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it does feel good to like when you don't have your gun on you. Yeah, you feel like, oh, like this feels weird, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Toya, like that, uh... go h ahead. Go ahead. No. Go on, go uh, ahead, Joanna. I, I forgot who did the sketch, the mm -hmm. gun wallet keys. Uh, sorry, gun wallet keys. Mm -hmm. uh, phone wallet keys. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard the, the YouTube video. Gun, they made a little music video. I think it was Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. But we always say uh, in my household, uh, phone wallet keys gun. So mm -hmm. there's a fourth item. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't ever leave the house without it. Because you're right. You know, you never know when it's going to be that uh, day that you need it. And then you're going to feel like an idiot. So you've mm -hmm. been carrying it for yeah. how many years? and the day you need it you don't have it so yeah yeah go ahead Toya um wait what were we talking about I think we were saying like when you Sorry, so when you're out there no. <laughs> no that's cool that's cool if you're out there and you're not carrying do you get that sense of like being naked or feeling vulnerable because you know you're used to carrying and now you're not I I feel naked to an extent, but I don't necessarily feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, like there's something wrong with me in the head. So that's why uh -huh. I, I don't really care about harm coming to me for real, for real. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, not only that, but like the second I walk through a door, I start analyzing everything as a potential weapon. Like, mm -hmm. man, if somebody just walked through here and started popping off right now, what am I going to launch at his yeah. head? Throw a chair. Run and truck him mm -hmm. to get him to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I live on the wish system, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I just, I, I wait and wish for people to act up so I can see what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, it, what she's trying to say is she's a gangster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. But I'm just glad to hear that I'm not the only one. Sometimes I'm, I'm at my office and I pick up things that I'm like, this would be a really, in my head, I never see these things out loud, but I'm like, this would be really good to hit somebody with. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only person who thinks that. That's that's a real thing. Like when I teach my, uh, my uh, self-defense classes, I tell people that I did one on the college and I was like, I want y'all to just look around right now and think of everything you could hit somebody with. If you can't have guns on your college campus, but obviously we know from history we can't stop other people from coming onto there with ill intent. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's be honest. One classroom with 30 to 100 people in it, one person with one gun, even if that thing is full semi, a full semi-auto, damn, <laughs> even if it was fully oh, auto, everybody threw heavy, sharp objects at them. Like, sure. come on, let's just be real. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Yeah. I want to take one of your classes because they sound pretty cool. They're yeah. pretty awesome. We do everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So I, I think that um, there's this um, 
so for example, I was recently uh, in New York, right? And when I was there, obviously I wasn't carrying because, you know, my uh, CCW doesn't reciprocate and all that kind of stuff. And New York is that place that has no kind of understanding. But, and then, and then someone was like asking me that, that knew me, they were like, are you carrying right now? I said, no. And they're like, oh, because, you know, you have a certain kind of like confidence or swagger or something like that, right? And I think ultimately that's the thing. Like that's what you probably see in Toya you know, um, I just learned that growing up. You could see someone who is ready for a fight. And typically someone who is looking to victimize people doesn't want to mess with that person. You know, and there's a certain kind of confidence that you get with yourself that whether or not you're armed, you have this idea in your mind, hey, I'm not just going to go down. I'm going to I'm going to fight back to, you know, whatever happens here. You have an understanding of guns. Even if that person has a gun, you have an understanding of it. You realize like, hey, this thing could destroy me. <laughs> You know, you don't have a feeling in your brain like, hey, if, if someone has a gun, I could go take it and take it apart or anything like that. But you have a certain confidence in what's going on and you're thinking about your surroundings and what you would do if something happened. This all should be uh, a part of what we're all incorporating because it's not just the gun. The gun is not what does it. It's you. Right. We all say that it's not the, the guns don't kill people. People do it. It's not the gun that's dangerous. It's the person. Yeah, that's dangerous. Right. And it's whether or not you look like, are you a predator or are you prey when you're out there? If you understand what I'm what I'm trying to say, say to you guys. So I think go ahead. uh, Mm -hmm. I was going to say my goal is to have people like, you know, when people underestimate their opponent Mm -hmm. and then like they let their guard down and then it screws them in the end. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a honey badger, like I, I want people to see me as weak and to think that I'm weak, like if someone's going to come rob me or if someone's going to attack me or hurt me, I want them to think that I'm just going to be compliant and mm-hmm. be scared and cry or whatever. But in reality, be so much more than that and just be like, uh, what is it, like a lion and just rip them to pieces. Because mm-hmm. then if people let their guard down and they just think, oh, like she's weak, like like if, if a, someone was going to come fight me and they think like, oh, I, I got this and they... And then I, it turns out I knew I know like Krama gone. I can like do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good thing too, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's just a sense of confidence that you have, and 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 the in the place that it starts, if you want to, for example, is in your eyes. So regardless of what that person looks like. The guys who are out there robbing people, doing all kinds of bad things, thinking about doing bad things to people, they don't want to do it to the person who's making eye contact with them, right? If they make eye contact with you and you look away, you look down, they're like, oh, this person, you know, they're not really ready, right? But if you make eye contact with them and they're, and, and you're looking right back in their eyes, they're like, okay, no. It's very tough. (laughs) Yeah, it's very tough to do that. And so I just think that's a and this is a state of mind that you probably don't even realize that you're in when you're constantly calculating what's happening, what's happening around you. And you're looking at things and you're ready for it versus the person who's not looking, who's not ready. Right. I think we kind of see that in today's world that there's people just walking around out there on their phones. They're just completely unaware of what's happening, well, that's called being a victim and waiting. Code white, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see here. I'm going to try to do some of the traditional gun things for the folks out there. I think it was Ronald Hotboy asked this a while back, so I'll get it up. What was the first gun 
Let's uh, let's go with Troll Toya. What was your first gun? Ooh, the that Taurus um, G2, the uh, PT111. Gosh, that was an awful. Did you have that before you went into the military? No, um, I didn't own anything before I went in. Okay. Actually, I was what nine at twenty. I had just turned twenty, so I was still kind of like growing up a little bit, and I don't think I was mentally stable enough to have a gun anyways. <laughs> Why do you say that? How many times do I tell you yeah, there's something going yeah. on up here? Okay? There's good things going on up there, Toya. I don't no, see anything. No, don't, no, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. There's great things going on up here. Right. I, just, I know me. So I waited until a time where I knew that it was an appropriate time for me to start taking up different times of arms mm-hmm. before there was any type, if there was any type of question in my head, mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to go and purchase any guns mm-hmm. because, you know, know thyself. Why would you, mm-hmm. if, if you're, oh, I have a horrible attitude, I'll shoot you. Like, why would you go buy a gun if yeah. you know that you're going to spaz out and shoot someone? Yeah. So yeah, I was just I was young and I was reckless. I didn't care about my actions and I mm-hmm. didn't care about suffering consequences because I feel like I'll live through whatever I feel like I'm gonna live through. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had to wait. Too young, reckless, and arrogant. Oh, okay. Did you do you have any kids? Yes, you do. I do. That's, Did that that's help? part of what, what helped out with that. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like me before before. Yeah, before I had my kids, man, I could care less. You know, I just really didn't. uh, I was aware of like my mortality, you know, and I buried friends and all that kind of stuff. But I just could care less, you know. And then I remember when my first kid was born, I was like, oh, crap, I got to actually like survive now. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I remember having that thought. Okay, um, so let's see. Let's go to Joanna. First gun. First gun I've ever shot was mm-hmm. a Springfield XD-45. And okay. that was actually Rolando's gun. Mm-hmm. Pretty early on in our relationship, around 2012. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Raquel, first gun. I've, I think we've probably seen it on YouTube, but... Is Mikael yeah. frozen? Uh, first gun. Yeah, you look what? frozen. She's frozen. She's giving me a, 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 an attitude. Fa- oh, there you go. <laughs> I was oh. looking at the attitude face <laughs> for a sec. I was like, <laughs> what Am did I, I do? Yeah, you're here. You're back. Yeah. So the first gun that I shot or that I bought? Your gun. Yeah, your first gun you owned. Oh, uh, probably the 380 bodyguard. 380 bodyguard. Okay. Yeah, the Smith & Wesson bodyguard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that. I don't know why I bought that gun. The guy behind the counter was like, you'll love it, you know, it's great. And I was one of those people, you know, like when you first start and you don't know anything and you're like, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then you go and buy it and then you're like, wow, I don't like this gun at all. Okay. So, yeah, that was my first gun that I bought. Uh, it was pretty cool, though, you know, that I bought it. And then uh, I made a video. That was, This was before any of my training or anything. Mm-hmm. I did a whole video trying to, like, review it, but I didn't obviously know what I was talking about. Right. And... <laughs> That video got a ton of views and a ton of hate and all kinds of right, stuff. Right, right. I kind of like having videos like that that I can go back to and look at and mm-hmm. be like, look look at how naive I was and how, like, airheaded, airheaded kind of I was with guns. And now I feel like I know a lot, so. Yeah, it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, it's a good thing to be able to, to go back and see that. That helps you uh, evolve, I think. 
Um, 817 says, how about Ladies' Day at the Hacienda? Hank and Walter should give Lola and the ladies the red carpet treatment. Uh, starts at the Hacienda. Um, uh, these ladies here, I'm sure, do a lot of shooting, but you all are welcome to come shoot on the Hacienda. Uh, Toya, if you're ever in Florida, you know, we're like north central Florida, just outside of Gainesville. Same thing goes for you, Joanna. Uh, yeah, uh, American Gun Chick has been I'll be there out there. next weekend. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, American I think we're the first people that you shot full auto with right yeah that was my first experience so yeah absolutely Walter was talking so about took, that the other day he was like you, you took know, my uh, full auto virginity yeah yeah you know he was like <laughs> I just I remember when Brickell came out here and shot full auto now she doesn't know us anymore no that's not what he said that's <laughs> oh, not what he said really he, was, <laughs> he didn't Cal say that huh was badass and the 50 cal. Too. The 50 that cal. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We were just reminiscing on that. Um, let's see what else we got in here. Uh, Night Train says uh, Say what you want about Glock when it comes to reliability and what I will depend on to save my life. It's Glock or nothing else. Um, I think there's, you know, lots of people have uh, things on that. I, I'm a Glock guy myself, but I think there's lots of. Uh, good guns out there and regardless of what the gun is you need to put it through your own paces make sure you're aware of that gun and what it's going to do what ammo works reliably in there um you know and that you can do maintenance and stuff like that on it so uh let's see if we've got a bunch of other questions you know what you, you guys tell me what's what's like the stuff on the front of your mind right now who's got some issues here that might be relative to the gun world i don't know or just some something else that I can, I'm probably the oldest one here right now. I could probably give you guys some sage advice. So, what uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Oh, don't everyone be quiet all of a sudden. Forefront of my mind is more political stuff, with you know. Political stuff. Exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Like, uh oh, here we go. Well, you could talk pol. What do you think? You can't talk politics here, Toya. You can talk. Oh no, it's not. Okay. I mean, I'll talk about anything with anybody, mm -hmm. but um, I'm I'm a I'm a militant, pro-black doesn't mean anti-white type of person. So I mean, mm -hmm. I get a lot of um, opinions that go against mine. Uh, mm -hmm. So from the know, gun world, you're saying depends from... on what kind of mood I'm in, I guess. Okay, so you're saying you get uh, uh, like thoughts or whatever from the gun world that go against yours. Uh, lots of them, especially as of late. Okay, what are you hearing? What are you hearing a lot of lately? Hit us with it. Um, I mean, right now, I feel like we're we're getting a lot of you know, get over it. Well, if you hadn't done this, this wouldn't have happened, mm -hmm. and you know, snowflakes and, and just all kinds of. In things regards just, to what, like um, something in, that you're posting. In regards to the racial climate right now. Mm -hmm. Um, now we all know that it's also it's not only racial; it's also um, a social thing too. Um, however, we're not just gonna swipe the the racist part under the rug like it's not a thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's that's the biggest thing about it right now. It's insulting to tell an entire group of people 
who share similar experiences with ones and twos that come out here and there and say, no, it's not like that. But for the vast majority to share the same experiences and voice the same complaints and someone to not only come at them personally, but come at them on a public platform where they have a large viewing and say, oh, y'all are tripping. This doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, just pee on me and call it rain thanks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's ridiculous and there's been a lot of that going on lately Mm -hmm. and um i think that a lot of us um brown and black people and white people who have tried to you know do their part to make themselves allies for the cause i feel like we've all been having to kind of push a few people that we thought were friends to the side Mm -hmm. because of views and and contrasting opinions that they've been having that are disrespectful, just quite frankly. Okay. You agree with that, Joanna? I do. Um, I've had some really uncomfortable conversations. Um, I've, I've said it before. I live in a really uh, liberal area. And one of my best friends is a, is a openly communist. Um, mm-hmm. So we have really interesting conversations. Okay. And we're both uh, Hispanic. We're both, you know, mulatto. So we have black ancestors because I'm Dominican and she's Puerto Rican Dominican and Colombian but I think we also have Colombian in us like mm-hmm. she's whatever mm-hmm. so we're all like a you know mix so I had this interesting conversation with her and I, I'm I've always like I've supported you know like the George Floyd stuff uh the George Floyd protests and all that I'm openly you know okay, okay with it I, I I know that there's problems with it but uh she told me that I am privileged even though like we are she identified the thing is she identifies as black mm-hmm. Hispanic for a, more black mm-hmm. she told me I was privileged even though we're almost identical genetically mm-hmm. she told me that I was privileged over what do you uh, what do you identify as I do not identify as mm-hmm. black or white okay. I identify as Hispanic okay. and I think identity politics are stupid Mm -hmm. Um, because my brother is could identify as black if he wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know, features wise. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the the roll of a dice in terms of genetics. So whatever. I think it's all dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, but it's what it's it's a human construct, right? Like obviously yeah. we all look different. We're all mixed up. And we we have different things going on with us genetically, but course, it's a yeah. human construct. And ultimately, like you are who you feel you are, or you are also how how people see it. You know, this is a thing that we all do, right? It's not just like people of color. I think everyone has these things that they do that they identify themselves differently from other people. Right or wrong. And it's it's interesting. I've never had to think so much about what I am mm-hmm. versus the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's been like ramping up. Um, but to hear from someone who I considered, you know, like I always consider myself an ally, as you were saying, and mm-hmm. I, I am, you know, like I'm pro, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on right now. But to hear I'm one of the people of the problem is ridiculous. Oh, you're privileged and you don't understand. I've undergone so much racism in my life. I grew up in a very, very um, homogenous uh, community, and I was the brown girl, mm-hmm. and I underwent a lot of racism. So to hear that I was privileged and I grew up with privilege and I have to repent for that was, like, <laughs> mind-blowing to me. Like, Lola says, why are you privileged? <laughs> I don't understand. What is, but what is it that she... Immigrants yeah, but what is it before. that she feels that you're privileged... Uh, 
that that gives you this privilege? Like, what is it? Apparently, because I'm lighter skinned, and okay. I don't understand that because we're literally like the same shade. She just has curlier hair. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we had the conversation where she's like, yes, we need to get rid of the police, and we should like, I'm 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 for uh, the the city burning down. And I'm like, well, what about our office? You're okay with our office getting burned down? And she said, yes. I'm like, well, you're going to lose your job and I'm going to lose my job if that happens. And she says, well, we need to be made uncomfortable. And I think I actually posted uh, this on my mm-hmm. on my Instagram and we need to be made uncomfortable so you can understand what it's like for some people. I'm like, yo, I literally grew up like that. I understand. You don't mm-hmm. need to destroy my life for me to feel, mm-hmm. you know, that way. So it's yeah. definitely definitely been a trying time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my response to her when it came to, well, we need to get rid of the police so you feel uncomfortable and unsafe is, I don't have to feel unsafe because I carry a gun. You don't. Yeah. So I think a lot of this is inside of people's heads and I'm not saying that it's not real, but then, you know, there's this thing that we have inside of our head. Right. And it creates a problem. I'll give you an example. Um, just from my, from my point of view, when I came to America, um, I had cousins that lived here, you know, and we went to school together and, and there was one particular cousin. Like I knew this guy was related to me, but we, he, we always had problems. He was always really, you know, negative to me. We always like fought. He didn't want to know me or anything like that. It was really terrible. But make a long story short, we graduated high school, moved on. And a few years later, I saw him somewhere and we were just talking. And so here's the thing, like you're saying, there's these subtle, these subtle differences. So, um, you know, I'm mixed. I'm black and Indian. Right. And he, he's related to me on the, on the, the black side and he's darker skinned. And when I saw him, you know, I think at this time, we went to school in the 80s, and this was like the 90s. So now I guess dark skinned guys were back in or whatever, and he somehow got some confidence, right? And he told me that the whole reason he had problems with me was based on complexion. And that he had this problem, like he felt so bad about being darker that at the time he would put his head in the refrigerator and just do these weird things in order to be lighter, right? And it sounded crazy to me, but this was his frame of mind that he was going through. And then going off to college and then dark skinned guys being in or whatever helped him come out of that and for him to realize that the the sole reason of his problems with me was based on our complexion, which I didn't see. Right. I just saw him like, here's a de- here's a guy that's related to my father. He's 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 one of my relatives. I, I kind of grew up traveling around the world and never had those people around me. And I was happy to see them and they weren't happy to see me. It's just a thing that we have inside of us. Like everyone, I think, is is struggling and going through things. And on the flip side of that, there's like we might not realize that there's a lot of white people because of what's happening in the world today they feel like everything's blamed on them. They're the bad guys, you know? And because they feel that way, they're doing things like what Toya is saying. They're saying like, oh, you guys need to get over this. You're just so mad. We all have problems from our different points of view. And we used to be able to talk about these things and even argue about these things and still be friends. But we're living in a world today where we're so segmented and separated from each other that the only way we feel we can deal with it is when you see, like, someone sees Toya, they got they feel like they have to fight with her in order to solve it, or they feel like they have to fight with you, or whoever it is. People just feel that way, and it's it's just mostly a psychological thing, even though they're real things in the world, like Toya's saying, that people have to deal with, right? Right. Yeah, so, uh, go ahead, Brickell, I feel like you want to jump in here. Um. 
No, I mean, you pretty much said it all. Bro, you white. Gonna... You better say something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not white, though. I'm, I'm half Mexican, actually, so I don't count as white. But everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone goes through their thing, right? You guys, we were talking about that here. You're women. There's things that you go through that as like a guy, I can't understand. And sometimes you feel mad at guys, right? Because we just don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. And, and I get that. No, I mean, I, I get how like, let's say there was, you know, some guys that were like catcalling you or assholes or whatever. And then mm -hmm. you hate those guys. Yeah, there's like. On all sides of everywhere, like, with race and everything, like, there's good people and bad people on both sides, so, yeah, it, 2020, it just has been a weird year, and it sucks that, like, it almost feels like there's, like, I felt like there was going to be, like, a race war or something. I feel, like they, I feel like there's people trying to make that happen, and it's ultimately all up to us. We just need to have some kind of understanding of each other. Right, but yeah. but everyone wants to be think, in their corner. Everyone wants to be in their box. The day, at the end of the day, I don't think most people want that, you know. So I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe like like social media, the news and stuff. They're trying mm. to make it happen more than we realize because I don't think most people want that to happen, you know. Mm. Well, I mean, social media right now is being investigated for the oligarchy. The of they're all colluding with each other to mm. put a certain message out. I mean, that's literally happening right now where mm. they were in testifying in Congress for that because it, I mean, it, it's true. I mean, how many times have I, I posted something, I reposted something that got a fact checked, fact checked thing on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was because of the political angle. I don't know how many liberal posts are being fact checked by Instagram and Twitter and all that. So, I definitely think that social media has right now a, a reckoning coming to them because it's it's a little bit, you know, heavy handed before. I think it was a little bit more subtle. But now you you can't, you know, say certain things. I mean, look at what happened with Mr. Guns and Gear uh, a while back. He got his page uh, taken down off of Facebook because he posted about uh, a protest, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day before the all these other protests. Mm -hmm. Like so. You know, social media definitely has been trying to steer the conversation and the, you know, what people are thinking, because that's how people get their news nowadays. They scroll through their feed and they don't, you know, really see what else is going out there. It's a, it's a curated. This is what we want you to believe, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I always tell people you need to get your face out of your phone, out of your Facebook feed and really see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it's important, again, uh, to have education of more than just in, in regards to the gun world more than just you know how to shoot uh and and tactics it's important to teach the people around you and spread the hey this is what's going on in the world because it will affect your guns and it will affect your rights mm -hmm. yeah um lola lola made this comment she says wasn't toya working at one of the protests recently so were you working at a protest or were you protesting um so i i wouldn't necessarily i was working on my own accord mm -hmm. um I had been seeing everything that had been happening mm -hmm. uh, with outside agitators and, you know, supposedly this Antifa organization has mm -hmm. been organizing to go places and 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 cause all kinds of hell outside, like other than the already outside agitators. So rather than go down to protest, um, because I don't believe in peaceful protests, I don't really think it does anything more power to you but i just feel like it's a big waste of time mm -hmm. um we went down there to protect 
the protesters right to do so people should be able to go and exercise their rights as americans without outside people who don't even live or contribute to your your neighborhood your community without them coming and messing it up so that now the police are attacking you thinking that oh it's just the whole crowd is after them okay let's can we can we be specific about it um just you know just in case someone's watching this and they want to know exactly what we're uh talking about um it was a recent protest and you went out uh what was it you were like supporting let's say black lives matter or something like that and I was supporting American rights. Okay, no, but what I'm saying is you were supporting a group and then you feel like there were people coming in and taking over whatever that protest was about and then it right. gets violent. Right. So you were trying to like support those guys uh, getting out there and because there's a difference here, right? Between protest and like riot. And there's a difference between people getting violent and burning things down, destroying neighborhoods where like you're saying people live there. So if people want right. to protest something bad that happened, you wanted to get out there and make sure those guys could do that and, right. and that the these at, like outside agitators didn't come in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, do all of that. Do mm -hmm. all of that because that's your right to do so. Mm -hmm. Am I a member of Black Lives Matter? No, mm -hmm. I don't even recognize it as an actual organization being mm -hmm. in is like, I don't know anyone who gets orders or who gets directions from mm -hmm. anybody or mm -hmm. emails from them or anything like that. Most of us are just people who believe that black lives matter. Mm -hmm. And it just turned into more of a chant, more of a saying, rather than we're all in this big, huge network conspiring against America or something mm -hmm. like that. So I think that I think there's a separation. Like, I wasn't trying to pin you down to that. I was just trying to figure out what it was that you were saying that people were coming after you about. And I think that is the difference that a lot of us don't realize. There's people who feel like who are mad about something. Right. And they feel like, hey. We want to get our uh, whatever it is we're mad about. We want to get it out there. Us as gun guys, we've gotten mad about things and we've had protests and stuff like that as well. Right. So there's that. And then there's a, there's an organization, Black Lives Matter, which, uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, don't support it because of where their politics is coming from. Who are the people behind that? You know what their intentions are. And I think sometimes people get those things mixed up and they don't understand, like, yeah. This this is a thing that's happening. If you look at George Floyd as an example, who thinks that what happened to George Floyd is okay? Does anyone on this Nobody. panel think that? Nobody. No, Nobody. no, no one never, thinks I've that. I've never met anybody that thought it was okay. Right. So now there might be some people, I get it, I see it, it happens even here. Some people are like, oh, this guy was on drugs, he was asking for it or whatever. Okay. <laughs> You know, but ultimately, anyone who looks at that realized that something really bad happened there, right? right? That wasn't supposed to happen, you know, and regardless of what that guy was on, you know, he wouldn't have wound up dead. There's lots of people who get on drugs, you know, or and because of that, maybe they get into an interaction with a police officer. They don't wind up dead over that. Right. So I think None most. Huh? None of that is a death sentence. Right. It shouldn't. Okay, so I think there's a lot of people who agree with that. And then one of the things that we've seen here in the country lately is there's people who've overtaken that, you know, and they're benefiting a lot from it. And those people's message goes, is, is what I'm saying. Like the, there's folks on the other side that feel that those people's message is all white people are bad. You've got white privilege, you know, uh, all cops are bad. We're going to get rid of them. We're seeing it. 
and they're seeing yep. it, and they and there's folks out there on the other side that feel like, hey, why are we the bad guys? <laughs> so this is where we're all butting heads, and at the end of the day, there's there's political parties and there's organizations that are benefiting from all of this and making a lot of money, and we're just hating each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just yeah, we're just I mean, hating each other and fighting with each other. Go ahead, Raquel. Sorry. I was gonna say like I don't know how you guys feel about this organization, but like the uh, they're called like the Not Fucking Around Coalition. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I watched their speech, and in their speech, they said it, it seemed like they were really mad at white people, and they said mm-hmm. that uh, most white people are part of the KKK, which that statement kind of offends me because mm-hmm. I, like yeah i'm half mexican but i'm white like you look at me i look white like so i'm white mm-hmm. and uh like i'm not part of the kkk i've never been part of the kkk i would never be part of the kkk mm-hmm. i think that that's the most disgusting thing in the world so i mean I feel and that's like just as bad as saying like all black people are in a gang yeah exactly right. like okay. you're stereotyping mm-hmm. and judging people for I, I don't know i don't know whatever reason but like, yeah, it's, it's just stuff like that that is just not good, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think about that, Toya? I mean, at the end of the day, our surroundings growing up, you know, the things that we have seen are the things that shape who we are and shape our opinions about the world and about other people. So just like when I talk to my friends that are fully white and, you know, try to break certain things down so they can understand it from the perspective of someone else, I tell them, you know, listen, the reason that I'm even willing to explain this to you is because I can tell, like, you know, you are you want to be an ally. You didn't mean it this way. You know, your upbringing, something about your upbringing made you say this, but you didn't have any malicious intent behind it. Um, so, you know, some these white men, there's white men. They're never going to know what it's like to walk through the world as you just like you're never going to know what it's like to walk through the world as a white man and vice versa. So mm-hmm. am I going to excuse him for saying all white people or most white people are in the KKK? Of course not. That's an asinine statement. However, you know, there might be a reason why he said that, just like there's reasons why white people say some of the messed up stuff they say. And yeah, all it's called ignorance. Say something. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, right. it's called it's coming like from a point of view of ignorance. If you grew up in, 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 backwoods Mississippi your whole life and you've never been anywhere else, you might genuinely believe that all white people are in the KKK. It's ignorance, but I mean, there's a reason behind a lot of it. So, I mean, of course, I know that you are not the lashing out type, Raquel, but, you know, where most people would take what he said and lash out at him, you know, mm-hmm. just like Hank is saying, we all need to be able to talk to one another mm-hmm. and be able to have these conversations because mm-hmm. some people, this is their reality. Mm-hmm. Some people get around white people and get scared. Some people get around black people and get scared. Mm-hmm. And it's something has happened to that person to shape that reality. So you really can't fault people for their reality, their own sets of trauma, their own PTSD. Right. Let me just... And- uh, let me get this oh, in quick. Sorry. Let me just get this in real quick. It's from Average Joe Tube. Uh, he says, "You want it to stop? Go outside, hang out with your friends of every racial group, off the internet. We are a melting pot, and being around friends, 
you love who are different, those actions uh, heals all of this. That's from Average Joe too. So go ahead, Raquel. I'm sorry, cut you off. Oh, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, like, that That makes sense. Like, you know, I, I get, like, some people, depending on their situation, where they are, everything. Like, where I grew up, there was no black people. There was probably, like, one black person. Like, there was hardly any black people. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, but I don't think that affected me in any way because I don't really have any opinions about any, like, I don't know. I see people, like, everyone's just the same to me. But, mm-hmm. like, the problem with that group that I have is that they're talking about taking over texas and like i don't i don't i just recently learned about them so i don't know how serious they are or what mm-hmm. they're trying to do or what but it seemed like their message they were it seemed to me what i took from it they were very anti-white people and like hated white people and they wanted to take over texas mm-hmm. and i mean so i don't i don't know what do you guys think about that um i think they're gonna have a hard time taking over texas yeah Yeah, be that as it may, one, it's a very difficult thing. Um, And if you really ask for that, then you'll probably get it. I think, you know what, the the problem is here that we all have these misconceptions, right? We think somehow because we live in the world and we have the internet and education and all that, everyone's getting the same education and perspective. And there's just honestly just a lot of really ignorant people out there. You know, so there's rich. So if, if we want to look at it on a scale from from black to white, if we want to do that, and there's all different shades of people in the world. But let's simplify it down to black to white. There's very wealthy black people, some of the wealthiest people on the face of this planet. Um, actually, the wealthiest have been black people. At the same time, there's lots of really poor black people. It's the same thing with white people. There's some very, very wealthy white people and some very, very poor black people, uh, white people, right? And then there's all the people in the middle. <laughs> you know, so everyone has their different experiences. There's someone who is is black or Latino or whatever it is, and they grew up in the in the, in the hood somewhere, you know, in the inner city. And there's someone who's white and they grew up in the country somewhere, and the, and they're both poor. And they have a lack of access to things and they have to deal with who their parents and their family were and their and their surroundings and the things that they had to deal with. It's called being a human being. It's this genetic lottery yeah. that we just drop into it. You're a man, you're a woman, you're black, you're white, you know, you you're you're you've we've got all these differences and ways that we look at the world. And when we get mad, the first thing we do is blame it on someone else. And some of that is true. Right. Some of that is true, depending on where that's coming from. So in my life, I've, I've been, you know, I've lived in places where there's not a lot of people that look like me. And I've dealt with the people who don't look like me, you know, having a problem with me because of the way I look. And it's gone the other way. Right. They've lived places where there's a lot of black people and they have a problem with the way that I look. It's happened. Like I've seen I went to a high school that was mostly black people. And when white kids came there, they got their asses kicked. Okay, and we've seen it go the other way. This is just like a weird thing about life that it's true for that person, like for everyone's perspective, it's true for them that this is how their world is, like Toya is saying, and they don't see anything different, you know, and then we're all looking at it that way. And we don't have this thing in our brain to say, okay, why is this happening? You know, can I some can I can I empathize? You don't have to feel sorry for someone, but can you understand where they're coming from? Can they understand where you're coming from? Yeah. Can we just like, you know go ahead? 
I was going to say, yeah, like, Toya's right. I mean, like, I've never been a black man, and mm-hmm. I never will be, so I have no idea what it's like to be a black man. I've never been, I mean, you've never been a white dude, so you have no mm-hmm. idea what it's like being a white dude. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like when we're all, and the way people grow up, some like, there's a difference between people that live in, like, um, Nashville, Tennessee, or people that live in, like, Atlanta, or, like, New York City, mm-hmm. like, color-wise, and just, like, where they live, all those things, so, I feel like a lot of the fighting back and forth stems from, like, people just don't know what it's like to be each other, so that's why we're all always fighting, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I think We have no idea. I think that's where it's coming from. I think the people are just mad about whatever their situation is. And a lot of times we blame it on other people. So along the lines of what you're saying, Toya, imagine for me, like you're you're um, of, you know, you're a black person of American descent. Right. And, and I was born in the Caribbean. Right. To black people outside of America, like myself, someone in Africa and the Caribbean, if you come to America and you look at what black people are going through, you can understand it. Like my ancestors were slaves. You know, I was born in a third world country. So I get it. Right? But when well, I, I mean, and colorism is worldwide. Yeah. But when I but here's the thing. When I look at it, I say, okay, it's that's bad, but you're in America. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So like I, I came that's to America. It is relative. It is relative. And the reason the reason why I'm saying this to you is because someone outside of America where all these opportunities don't exist, when they come to America, they go, listen, this is terrible. I'm going to we go through the same thing. Like when I came here, no one knew the difference. Right. So if they were going to be racist to me or whatever it was, they didn't know, like this guy's from the Caribbean or whatever. I don't even have that accent. Right. So. So I still went through that. But to me, I looked at it as like, wow, this is America. The opportunity that I have here, I don't have in the place where I was born. And there's more people that look exactly like me. So I'm in America now. I'm going to take advantage of this. And the the weird thing is, like, my friends that were black and they they were from here in America, they would tell me, oh, these damn immigrants coming over here, taking out jobs and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I wouldn't be able to take something from you if you didn't want it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's perspective. And, and a lot of times we, we, we let that destroy us instead of, instead of saying, listen, okay, this is tough, this is horrible what happened, but I'm responsible now for myself, right? Because I feel like all of these things, all of these things are true to that person, but now you have to ask yourself, what are you gonna do from here? So if you're if you feel like you're in this situation because your ancestors were slaves and you had to deal with institutional uh, uh, racism and all these blocks that get put in your way solely because of your color. okay, you got that. Now, what are you going to do with it from here? And that's really the thing. Is a symbol going to help you? Is someone going to take is someone taking down statues and putting up other statues going to help you? Or is there a real thing that's going to do something about this? Because the real thing you can work on and you can move forward. That symbolism, no matter how many symbols someone gives you, it's not going to make a difference if you still have that thing in your mind. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. If, if you're just going to be a trash person for the rest of your life, you're just going to be a trash person if you don't do anything about it and clean yourself up. Mm-hmm. However, comma, mm-hmm. yes, all of that symbolism does need to go because there is a hill 
that certain people have to climb that other people don't have to climb. Yeah, you can still make it to the top just the same as the other person did. But when you get up there, you're 30 pounds lighter, dehydrated, and mm-hmm. you know, you're you're down to your bones and the other person is is fat and happy. Um, yeah, you know, the the statues, the Confederate flags, the the Aunt Jemima's, yes, those things do need to go mm-hmm. because they're they're subconscious reminders that not only were we who we were, but they were who they were, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Like it's that one little nudge to remind you, hey, just in case you forgot, uh, we're still in charge and you're still not. Those things never should have been up there. We don't see Hitler statues in Germany. We don't see swastikas all over Germany. Why? Because we recognize those things to be hateful things. They are something that represents something that unfortunately is going to happen, but never should have happened. Mm-hmm. So why why does it have to be such a big thing here? Why is it that when we attack symbols that have some type of racist connotation that we're attacking America. Does America mean racism? If America doesn't mean racism, then why can't we get rid of these things? Mm-hmm. We don't have slave ships at harbors that we can go and take tours on to remind mm-hmm. us that we were slaves. So why do we still have Mammy on the cartoons and Aunt Jemima on the on the bottle and, and, and Robert E. Lee in the middle of the town square? That just doesn't make sense. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Joanna. How do you feel about the flag then? Uh, I I don't disagree with everything you said. I agree with you. But how do you feel about people disrespecting the American flag and saying that America is racist and that's a symbol of racism? Um, okay. So, I feel like America does have racist roots. I feel like we do still have a lot of racial undertones in this country. That's somebody who is a biracial person saying that Mm -hmm. and seeing it from my own family of non-Southerners. And that's also from someone who grew up in Texas, who grew up mostly in Southeast Georgia, which is one of the most racist places in this country. And someone who's been to other countries and seen it be done other ways and seen it be done more more properly. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that racism doesn't happen everywhere because it does, Mm -hmm. but I've never seen it like how we do it here. Okay. Not as far as just basically just strictly color, nothing else, just strictly color, and that's it. Okay. So Um, I go ahead. Am I going to stand up somewhere and burn a flag? stick trample all over it no however according to the country Mm -hmm. veterans and current service members fought for people's right to do that okay now we all know there was a little bit more to that but according to you know this whole let's use the soldiers as why oh you're disrespecting our troops and this that and the third a lot of the troops don't agree a lot of the troops feel like this is what we what we deployed for, what we joined the military for, what we stood for when we took that oath. Your right to do this, whether we agree with it or not. Just like how black police officers, if they're on duty, have to go and stand guard at a KKK parade. No, you don't want to do it, but this is what you signed up for. You took an oath to do this, so this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, so go ahead, go ahead, Bako. 
No, I was going to say, like, but I, I've seen pictures where people spray painted over the veteran, like, the memorial and uh, the veterans memorial. Like, I don't think they would have been happy about that. Like, I don't, I don't think that's okay or cool or anything. No, I mean, we might not be happy about it, but we don't have to be. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of questions here. And the first, like, let's make something clear here. We're not on separate sides, right? But we're having no. a discussion. This is the way people should actually discuss these things and process things. I'm not trying to change Toya's mind or anyone's mind here. I just want people to think about stuff. So there's probably a couple of different things here. Let's go back. Do you equate the swastika, okay, uh, with the American flag? Is that the same thing? Or, no, or let me ask. Okay. So you, okay. So you, you equate the swastika to be the same thing as the um, Confederate flag? Yes. Okay. Why? Because I grew up in Southeast Georgia, mm -hmm. and there are some white people who will get very lax around biracial people that they're comfortable with, mm -hmm. and say things that they would not say around black people. Mm -hmm. And that being my climate, growing up in the South. Am I going to say all white people in the South are racist? No, that's crazy. I've got friends down here. Okay. However, um, yeah, if if you are that adamant over it to the point where, I mean, come on, we see it. It's obnoxious sometimes. The big, huge Confederate flag hanging out the back of your truck flying. Like, you're doing that for a reason. It may not be necessarily to get a negative reaction, but you're trying to get some type of it's reaction from Okay, I think for, I think for some people they are doing that. I think ultimately it's symbolism, and everyone has their symbols that they um, associate with, right? So you said you've been in other countries that you've seen do it better. What I'm just curious, what countries have you seen do it better? So I mean, like Germany, for instance. Okay. Of course, there's racism that happens in Germany, mm -hmm. but Germany. I mean, if people think America is a melting pot. You know, I met people from all over the world that spoke mm -hmm. fluent German, fluent English, you know, Portuguese, all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. And people were just so melted into one another. Now, this is my experience mm -hmm. from the years that I was over there. I've never had such mixed up groups of friends mm -hmm. to where I never caught an undertone of any type of racism. I never caught anything like that. Myself, now I'm 33 years old. Myself, growing up in the South, there was no mixing of friends. I was the only mixed person in the town that I lived in. Mm -hmm. There was no us mingling together. There was those few here's and there's that were friends. I went to high school with a girl whose name was Christy K. Kennedy. Her nickname, I mean, her initials were KKK. Mm -hmm. Like... These are. This isn't stuff that we all just made up. There are members. There is a ranking establishment of the mm -hmm. KKK right now. Mm -hmm. You can buy the roads off the side of the road and stands where I'm from. So just like I said, our experiences make us. Mm -hmm. Yes, I consider the the Confederate flag to be akin to a swastika. Okay. And so you do you associate? Uh, like, why do you think it's akin to that? Do you associate it with slavery? Yes, I associate it with um, wanting to hold on to a certain type of lifestyle. Uh, even even the people who came from the poor flat families who mm -hmm. couldn't afford slaves, their families still have that rooting back in their in their history, their family history that they were still for it as well. Mm -hmm. It was just it was about 
it wasn't only about the economy of things. It was also about keeping a people down. And I feel like that's an undebatable fact because we've got the documents that say we're going to do this to keep these people down. So I don't understand why it's even a debate anymore. I think it's a so. You know, I think it's a debate because there are some people who feel like that. And so like what you're for what you're saying, right? There's people that you've interacted with that this is what this thing means to them. Here's the problem with symbols. It means one thing to a person. It means another thing to another person. So if we're going to start getting rid of symbols and if we think we can actually just first of all, in Germany, there's Nazis still. Okay. Oh, yeah, so there, there there could be Lots laws built by Nazis. Well, well, I mean there could be there could be like Lola's saying here that there were some people in the in certain uh, like special ops Ger German military units who were, uh, were practicing uh, Nazis, neo-Nazis and all that kind of stuff. So be and Germany has made a lot of these things illegal, right? People are still going to do it because this is what these symbols mean to people. They're still going to do it. At the same time, they haven't gotten rid of everything. They didn't get rid of um, the, the camps and all that kind of stuff. We have these things in history to remind us about what people did. But once we get to the point where we, where we start talking about symbolism, like if a symbol represents this to you and then it has to be destroyed, regardless of what it represents to another person, then do you agree if that other person say that your symbols have to be destroyed because to them it means something bad? I think that it's just like other things where you can't, there's so many things in this world where you can't just draw a clear cut line. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have things like, you know, elections and stuff like that, where we go by a majority type of thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like if the vast majority of a certain group of people are telling you not only do I not like seeing this symbol, but I fear for my life, for my mm -hmm. safety, when I see this symbol, especially in certain places, I think it's time to start wondering if this flag falls on that certain type of the line, or on that certain side of the well, line. Well, I think you have... How far do we go? Do we leave the nooses in the trees, too? Do we, do we make uh, remakes of the slave ships and park them at the harbor so people can walk upon them? Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't think I mean, side, it's like, how, how extreme can we go with this? Well, and you have to real you have to think to you have to ask yourself, like, how, you know, what do you want to get rid of? You have to establish that if you're saying this me to me, this feels like something bad. And someone else says, well, this feels like something bad. Like, how far? How far do you go to do that? And then how open is your knowledge of this thing? So, for example, you were saying that you grew up with with people who said to you, hey, this is what this flag means to us and this is what we think about you. Well, so I lived in I lived in Nigeria and that's where if we're here in America, most of us are descendant of Nigerians and Ghanaians. Ghanaians what Lola is, right? West Africa during the slave trade was what they call the Kingdom of Ghana. Nigeria, Ghana, most of that West Africa, that's where the slave triangle went from, right? It went from, from Africa, West Africa, came over into the Caribbean, came up into America, went back to Africa. So I grew up, I, I lived in Nigeria. And when any African person gets mad at you, they tell me, they, they say this, I don't know if you ever heard it, but they tell me, you guys are the garbage we threw away. You Americans, black Americans, people from the black people from the Caribbean, you're the garbage we threw away. That's how you, that's how you wound up in slavery. So how far do we take that? 
Do we do we punish those I, people? Are their flags like bad things also? Should we not like should I have not gotten married to my wife? That's that's exactly how her family feels about me. Should I hold that against her? Should I hold that against them? Like how far do we go with this if we really sit here and look at I'm not saying to you that there's not something bad. What we all need to do is understand that this is what happened. But we need to see it you know, we need to see it in the light that it is. And then when someone, if someone identifies with this thing and they think to them, this has something to do with their ancestors and it's a good thing, but to you, it's a bad thing. You know, we have to learn how to balance that out because we will never agree with each other. And well, no matter what we do. go back to what I just brought up about the flag, mm -hmm. our, our own American flag is now being seen as a symbol of, of hatred and, and racism. I see it as a, something I'm very proud of because of my background and my truth as, as, you know, they say nowadays, um, I came from a family of immigrants. So it was a good, like you, and, and this is a country to me where I'm, I'm extremely patriotic because I know what we came from. And this country gave my family so much hope and so much advantage and so much, you know, where we are today couldn't have happened if we were still in DR or in Colombia. So to me, when I see the American flag, it's a symbol of hope and, and, you know, you know, progress mm -hmm. for, for, for me, for my family. Um, but I experienced racism. I got told, uh, I got fall around stores. I was treated like a criminal because I was, br you know, brown. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through a lot. I, I was told to go back to Mexico at least once a day and I'm not even mm -hmm. from Mexico. I've never been there, mm -hmm. you know, so we all have these different experiences, but to me, even though I went through racism, which is completely different for other races, the American flag is still a symbol of hope and, 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 you know, pride. Yeah. So, but not, but not to everyone, line, but, but not to everyone. So where do we draw the line in terms of let's destroy symbols? Well, some people hate the American flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say real quick that like, yeah, honestly, like personally, like when I see people burn the American flag, that really pisses me off. I don't like people doing that because I do believe that this is the best country in the world. And I do believe that we have so many more rights than lots of other countries. And I think this is a really good country. I mean, we have a lot of things we should definitely fix. And people that run this country, I feel like are, can be some pretty bad people. But I just don't like people, seeing people do that. I feel like it's disrespectful. And it, I guess, you know, it is a form of uh, freedom of speech. But I guess like people waving the Confederate, uh, Confederate flag, that's their freedom of speech. Like Hank said, like they might wave it because they they're proud, like Southern pride or whatever. Maybe they're not racist. Maybe they are. Mm -hmm. We don't really know people's intentions unless we would ask them, you know. So I do agree that like symbols can be used in different ways. So do we need like my next question is, do we ban that flag? Like, do you want to ban that flag or do we just allow people to have freedom of speech? Like no matter whether it's really good or it's really bad or you know? mm -hmm. I think the pro I think the thing that we that we're going to run into right is symbols because they represent we can't stop things meaning something to people. So every like if you create a symbol, it's going to mean something, right? Do you understand? Like I think you understand what I'm saying, Toya, right? You know, yeah, yeah. if once you create a symbol, someone's going to go, "That's good. That's bad." You know, what we have to do is that whatever happened in the past, we should never forget about it. We should learn about it. We should teach other about it. We should say this thing meant this. I mean, if you look at the swastika, and I'm not trying to defend the swastika. I'm not a fan of Nazis or anything like that. And there's lots of Americans 
uh, black Americans, but lot, most of the Americans who went and fought in World War II were white people. And when they went out there and they fought in World War II and died, a lot of them died, they made the world a better place, not just America. If you think, if you realize history, you'll realize that America got into that war kind of late when the rest of the world was getting its ass kicked, right? And America went into that war and lots of people died, Americans, and a lot of them were white Americans. Okay, so altogether, America is kind of like a new place on the planet, and there's bad things in the history. Just like I'm saying to you that if you look at any co country, if you look at any continent, there's bad things in our history. We need to realize that, and we need to realize why it's bad, what happened here, what do we do with it, what does this thing mean? But once we get into a position where we're like, this book has to be burned, this statue has to be taken down, this art shouldn't exist, this symbol shouldn't exist anymore, where does that stop? Like, are we going to get mad when there's a symbol that we believe in that someone comes and goes, okay, that thing can't exist anymore. This is what this means. The swastika itself comes from Indian culture, right? Yeah. And, it, and it used to mean way. peace. Yeah. So, so all of these, like every symbol in the world gets corrupted, but ultimately we're fighting about symbols instead of actually making America a better place if we really want to do that. If we've got a, like uh, all of us in the gun world agree that, that police uh, in, in general have too many powers. We all agree with that, okay? Yet what we're doing right now, instead of, instead of saying, okay, we got to put some limits on these police, we got to make some rules about how people are hired, you know, how they're disciplined, how they're trained about this. We're like, you know how we're going to solve this? Let's take all these statues down, get rid of these things. These people were bad people. We're picking and choosing who's the heroes and stuff like that. And in some cases, people are absolutely right. The thing is, though, is that none of that actually solves it because we're just because all we want is that is a symbolic victory of something instead of actually doing something. Because if we do something about it, what goes on in the, like we're the ones responsible for right now. And I know we're running over time here, but here's the thing. Our for, whoever came before us, they were responsible for their time. And if you have your parents, you know they messed up, they did things, they have all kinds of ideas or whatever, and they weren't great. So there's good things and bad things in the past. But we're here right now, and we're responsible for this. And America, in 100 years from now, if we take responsibility and we teach that to our children and we really change things and really do things, it could be, it could be a better place, right? But that's up to us. But if we keep fighting, I, this is my feeling about it. If we keep fighting about the symbols and we don't know how to let that go, a hundred years from now, we'll still be fighting about the symbols. Someone will still be mad about the Confederate flag. Someone will, so people will still hate the American flag. People will still like, let's take down this statue. The statues we take down today and we put up another statue to replace it. Someone's going to be like, that's an evil person. That was a bad person. They did this. They did that. You know, and we we wouldn't have really changed would anything. We put a, would we put a, a, a Bin Laden statue at the 9-11 memorial? I mean, that's what I mean. For like, sure. I don't extreme, think we would. But, but There's extremes on the side of this line that we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. It's either we're going to pacify everyone and we're going to make it to where everything is just as 
as bland and as non-confrontational and 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 not defending anyone at all. I mean, not offending anyone at all. Or we're going to go to the point where everybody can just say everything to everyone, no matter who it is, no matter what it is, and no matter the effect that it has on those people. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, well, I guess, like, go ahead, go ahead. It, it, is, it is very bad, you know, like when people obviously when people say racist stuff to each other and all that stuff. But I mean, like, so what What do you do exactly to fix that? Because, like, the Aunt Jemima um, syrup bottle, I, I don't really know the back history to that, so maybe you guys can let me know, but... Mm-hmm. She was mammy. She was she mammy. Was. When, 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 when Mouse's babies needed to be fed, her children would have to go hungry so that she could breastfeed Mouse's children. Like, basically, mm-hmm. she was, like, she was their own slave nanny type deal. I mean, it goes a lot further than that, but like that's the, the the stereotype of like who that person was. The person that you see on the old Bugs Bunny commercials with big hips and an apron on in the living room and big pink or red lips, like that's who she was. Knowing that this is a racist caricature, why is she on a bottle that people have to see all the time? It's a subconscious thing. It's a subconscious thing that was planned out. It's mental warfare. It was planned out. We didn't create it. Like, we didn't write the documents that says, like I said, if you do this, that, and the third, it's going to keep these people down in this way, that way, and the other way for generations to come. We have the documents that says if we do all this, it's going to keep them down. So why are we fighting against getting rid of these things that were put in place to keep us down. I, but see, I think the thing is, is that, so first of all, on that thing, on that particular thing, everyone's going to have a different side of that, right? So you're, and, and for example, right now, I can't pull, the, where's the thing we pull up and we go, this is the authoritative history of what that was. And then let's also the remember. Willie Lynch documents. Excuse me? The Willie Lynch documents. Okay. The Lynch documents. Well, and what I'm trying to say to you is that in this, in we've we've this. I think the Aunt Jemima thing comes back to the same thing. Like I see people in the chat saying, "Hey, this was a businesswoman," and 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 I understand exactly what you're saying. Ultimately, we if we got back in a time machine and we went back and looked at that, we may see something different. There's what someone sees written down here, what's written down here, what someone says about this, what someone says about that. That has nothing to do. That's not based in reality or the truth of what actually happened. I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from what you're saying. I'm just saying that to me, we're some. We should be somewhere in the middle of that. The past is the past. Okay. The past is the past. It happened. We shouldn't erase it. I'm not saying that we should go take uh, some slave owners and 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 make new statues to them. But at the same time, you have to realize that the statues that you're pulling down are relatives and to, to people who feel like who don't feel that way that you do about those people right they don't feel and the same way the relatives do too there are a lot of relatives and white people who are in agreement and who will be like you know yeah this is my so many removed ancestor but yeah they were horrible people yeah and the thing about it the thing about it is if we take those down and we put up some other statue we can go another hundred years and someone can look at that person and go, they were this, they were this, they were this. That shouldn't be up there. And, and I mean, so 
we stop idolizing people and, and maybe we stop, maybe we start looking to one another instead. There's yeah. no clear cut. I mean, if you think it. about it, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say this from a religious point of view. If you think about this, the Bible talks about symbolization, right? And idolatry. Right. But guess yeah. what? We all practice it in some, in some shape or form. We all mm -hmm. practice this. It's us. It's the human nature. To someone, this thing is good, even if it's for a bad reason, or to them, it's for a good reason. No one thinks that they're the bad guy. And most people are in the middle of that. They're not the bad guy. They're just doing, this is life, and this is how they're living life, okay? If, you, if I talk to, to my wife's people, they basically feel, hey, this was life. Human life didn't mean that much to us, so we sold our brothers and sisters. That's just the way that it was. Actually, that still goes on today, right? Most people are in the middle of that. And if we, if we really get caught up in the vicious cycle of the symbols, and we're not going to erase the symbols, we're not going to get rid of them. Even if we do right now and we make it look like, okay, we got rid of the symbols, a lot of what you're doing is making other people go, oh, okay, so my side lost. We lost. You took something away from me. I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to keep that now in my heart and I'm going to keep doing things. And so we all need to let go of it. Like everyone needs to let go of it on both sides and go, okay, this is what it is. We all go travel places and go look at old things. If you really sit there and analyze the old things that you're looking at, what are you, you know, what are you really looking at? Do you really know the history of this old thing that you're looking at? Or you just go, this is an old thing. We should just leave it, let it go and move on and build new things that mean that mean new things to us, right? That will mean things to people in the future. But if we're just focused on destroying things, like how are we different from the people in Afghanistan that were destroying statues, they were tearing, they were like burning down museums and destroying all these things. How are we different from them? Because we're, we're mean, trying we to pretend- We celebrated in America when they did that. We celebrated we when they- for them. We celebrated when they were destroying art not the art when they were tearing down the statues and they were happy like we celebrated for them why is it a problem okay here? those we, we were talking about if i first of all i didn't celebrate i don't celebrate anything like that because of how i see it but we're you're talking about a statue to saddam hussein that's a completely different thing right because every when it, when we say that we're putting someone we're putting other people who the, the there's all these people here that are ancestors of them and we're like yeah your ancestor was no different than than Hitler or Saddam Hussein <laughs> and that's just not that's not the truth it doesn't mean that there weren't bad things that happened how, but how everyone has because every because it's if you weren't there if if someone writes your history and they're on the opposite side of you, what are they going to say about you? And, and are you going to be there to argue that? I'm not saying there's, there weren't bad people and we don't have bad people, of course. But everything, it doesn't equate to that. We just feel like it equates to that. Right, just like you feel like a statue of Robert E. Lee coming down and the statue of Saddam are two different things, and to some people they might not be. I think, but I think if you look at history, they are two different things. You think? See, but this is, but this is the problem. This is where we get caught up in that, right? This is right, where we get caught up in that saying, thing. Though, because it, Saddam, it, Hussein, Saddam Hussein, Saddam Hussein and Hitler built a like different world. Right. Like 100%. This is different. There's no way it can be the same. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, opinion. but yes, exactly. It is opinion, and 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 if so an intelligent that's what people, I'm saying. I just flipped the the, the I just flipped 
her opinion on yeah, basically. Absolutely. But people, so it was okay when it was Saddam. It was okay if it was Hitler. But if it's America and it's Robert E. Lee or some other famous slave owner, it's no, we should leave it and just get over it. See, this is the thing, though, right? What What is the truth of this? And who's the adjudicator of what the truth is of that? Exactly. Okay. That's why I say it's relative. Yeah, but who's the adjudicator of the truth of that? So do you know everything about Saddam? No. Do you know everything about no, Robert E. Lee? Adjudicator of the truth. Do you know everything about Robert E. Lee? No, but that's the point yeah. that I'm and, making. And ultimately I'm what we know... I'm not going to say that it's, that it's a different thing for one or for the other, because I don't know. I wasn't there, mm -hmm. but neither one were you. So how can you say it's definite a bad thing here, but it's okay on this side? You can't, just like I can't. None of us can. None, none of us, of can. us can. Yeah, none of so us can. What we're all doing. It's Saddam and the man ran up and lifted his stuff and put his junk in Saddam's face and, and then say, oh, let's leave it when it's America and let's just get over it. No, that's, that's, that's what, what, what I'm what I'm trying to say to you is first of all America and, and Iraq are two different places right and I think everyone realizes that would you have lived in Iraq under Saddam Hussein whether you know about it or not would you have lived there I mean I live anywhere but would you but, but realistically realistically I would you a live there or a female friend to live there no. okay so then they were different countries right To an extent, they're massively what are we different places. About right now, they're massive. Are we talking about from the perspective of a woman, a black person. I mean, to a black person, the South in the fifties, sixties, and before that may have felt like how Iraq has felt recently. Yeah, I think you know we. This is just this would be a circular argument because I think all of that is relative. All of that yeah, is relative. No, that's my only point. That's my only yeah. point. It's all yeah. relative. Let's yeah, but not it's... be okay with one thing here and then not okay with it on the other side. Because at the end of the day, they're all informed, educated opinions, but they are just that. It's an opinion. Yeah, my, and my thing about... Here's my thing. So if you want to know about Iraq, I think if... Like, the problem with Iraq, Iraq came down because America intervened in that. The people there didn't intervene in it, Right. So do we want another country to intervene to fix this thing? Do we want to actually go to war over statues and flags and stuff like that in America? Is our life so bad in America, like in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in other places around the world, people felt that things were so bad that it was worth it for them to do that. Do we all feel that way in America? And also, I, like, mean, I don't recognize that that's what we went to war for, but that's a whole different conversation. Hey, yeah. you just got a super chat from James Miller for $5. Yeah. It says, why are they, Axis, yeah. why are they tearing down Frederick Douglass's statue? Yeah, I'm not sure why someone's tearing down uh, the statue. I'm, also, I'm, wait, I think, wait. yeah, I'm not uh, sure which, which statue, uh, I'm not sure which statue to Frederick Douglass. I know there was someone tearing down a Frederick Douglass statue, but who took it down? Right. Can we can we talk about real quick? Yeah. Who put up who put up all these statues in the first place? Like, so if we go to war over statues, who are we going to war with? Can we talk about that? I guess we're the going to war. Idolize those people. Which, which is who though? I mean, I'm sure if we point to the statue, we can figure it out real quick. But like the people, I mean, Hank, like the people that put up those statues. 
are we talking about like you and me? I, I didn't put up that statue or did like... Well, all, the, the people who put up those statues aren't alive anymore. So what we're going to come down to is whether someone thinks it's worth it to fight over that statue. You know, and, and here's what I'm saying. I personally don't think it's worth it to fight over that because once I get into the fight, I'm not getting into the fight over statues, but there are people who are going to get into it, to it for that. And what I I'm, and what all I'm trying to say is that from my point of view, there's people out there that feel like, hey, you're going to you you see this thing this way. So now in order to appease you, I have to take this down. Even if we can wave. Here's what I'm trying to say. Let's just wave a magic wand. Right. Toya, let me ask you this. If we waved a magic wand and we got rid of all the statues that you're saying are bad statues and we got rid of all the flags and all the symbols that you say are bad flags and bad symbols, do you think that there's still going to be racism? Say, say whatever you just said after the word still. Oh, okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. If we got rid of all the statues... And all the flags and all the symbols that you think are bad flags, statues, and symbols, if we got rid of that, are we still going to have racism or we would have cured that? Oh, no, of course we're still going to have racism because people are going to perpetuate it. So then what is it? So then why are we getting rid of that? Like, that's a waste of energy. We only have so much energy in, in this world. That's this is the way I we see it. I don't think everyone sees it that way. Huh? We've got energy for lots of things. We do all kinds of stuff we don't need to be doing. Right. Well, so to we've got energy. We've got the energy. I don't know. For me, I would rather spend my energy, and I'm not. You know, I think I think this is a good thing that we got into, just for people to think about it here. But I would rather spend my energy trying to move all of this forward, to to move us past this. Okay, I don't think I don't believe we'll ever get rid of racism because that's a human condition. That's human beings are hardwired for that. It's part of our survival that we judge people based on what they look at, look like and all that kind of stuff. But we need to there's real issues here that we're dealing with that I wish we would just really deal with those things and move on past that. Because the, the folks out there that are giving us these symbols, the next thing they're going to do is go, you know what? No one needs to have guns. No one needs to do this. No one needs to do that. That, to me, is a more important thing. That's where you really come at my freedom. That's where I lose my ability to actually defend myself from someone that wants to enslave me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand where Toya's coming from when, when you're saying, like, if something represents racism, like, obviously, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I understand how erasing things and getting rid of things, maybe it'll, over time, people, like, for example, like, if we got rid of all those things and then over time people didn't know about those things and then people started being racist, they wouldn't understand where it stemmed from. Or, like, example, uh, another example, like, the Bible... I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things in there that offend people, but if people wanted to get rid of the Bible, that would be a problem too, right? I think it depends on who it is. <laughs> who, you I know. mean, the Bible isn't in town square. The yeah. Bible isn't forced on us. There's lots of things. There's lots of things in the town square, right? And where's even the town square today, by the way? Where's the town square? Where is that? Is the town square even the, is the, the town? No, is the town square really the town square today? Or is it Facebook and YouTube 
you know, where is that place? Like, where where are those things today? Are, are people or are kids really going somewhere and sitting and looking at a statue and know what the hell that statue mean? Or is it just a piece of art in the background? Is it just a thing in the background? Like, where's the actual things today that people are really looking at and what really means something to them? And I think that, that, that wherever that is, that's where the fight is. Okay, if we really want to change things, we could get so easily thrown off by symbols is what I'm trying to say and symbolic things and accepting symbols from people. And I think like I remember listening to Malcolm X talking about this, right? There's videos out there that people can go look at. And Malcolm X was talking about politics and Republicans and Democrats. And he was like, you know, the the people I hate the most are the people who give black people symbols, Okay, and then set up certain people as this is the winner. We're going to give you all these symbols. These guys are the winners. They get money and power and everyone else gets symbols. And we're still here. And that was a guy talking about this stuff 60 years ago, 70 years ago. And we're still here that we're still fighting that fight because some people got picked. And they're the, they're the people with the power and the influence or whatever. And then symbols got given out and we didn't actually solve anything and we didn't deal with anything and we didn't move on with our lives. You have to be careful too, not specifically about symbols, but the erasure of history is something we need to be careful of because people, if you erase too much and you edit too much, I mean, Gone with the Wind was edited. Um, mm-hmm. You know, certain books are now being edited so how far does that go too because mm-hmm. eventually the, the fear with that is that you will erase history altogether i mean some people don't even believe that the holocaust exists yeah well and and to think about it this way look like i was trying to say to you if you go back to i'm telling you my wife is standing right next to me she's african we did a genetic test she's a hundred percent african and this is one of the reasons why people in her family were very upset that we got together, we got married, we had children. And they've told me that you're, you're the garbage we threw away. Do I live my life trying to punish them or do I love my wife and my children and do we, do we make a new world? And that's what we control. That's what we actually have control of. Right. And I think that that's I wish that more people would spend time thinking about that, because the thing about the statues and all that, that could all get settled real easy, real easy. We could get settled. You know how everyone says, OK, let's meet here and let's fight it out. But guess what? That fight might not end the way that you want it to end. And when that when that fight is over and it doesn't end the way you want it to end, there'll be more statues to people that you that folks think are bad people. Right. And the world will change from that because that's the ultimate way that we solve things. We solve it in reality. We either go out and fight about it and tear the statues down and kill this person and do whatever. And then whoever, whoever took over Iraq, whoever took over Afghanistan or anywhere else, they're now writing history. And that's the same thing we'll do if we go that route. But if we don't go that route, one of the choices we have is to move forward from this and like acknowledge stuff like that was terrible. That was bad. Let's not be like that. Let's be better than that. Let's move on. Let's fix this thing. This is how we fix this. Let's look past like politics and and people's uh, beliefs and everything because we'll never settle that. But let's say everyone in America needs to be equal under the law. 
right? That's what's important. Regardless of who you are, what you believe, your sexual orientation, your religion, whatever it is, we need to be equal under the law. We need to be able to defend ourselves. In that moment that someone comes and tries to take away our freedom, we need to be able to defend ourselves. And then when we have to go to court, we need the law to, to treat us equally. And then we can move forward from that. And, and eventually, I'm telling you, 100 years from now, we'll have a, we'll have a different world. But if we just keep fighting about these, these old people who are dead and dust, regardless of why you don't like it and this person loves it or whatever it is, we're not fixing anything. That's, I mean, I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. gun rights are human rights. Yeah, I mean, we don't, you and I don't completely disagree mm -hmm. on, on the matter. Like, of course, we're not there's no point in sitting down in the corner and crying about it. No. There's also no point where if you look at white people as a group of people, as our oppressors, it's kind of stupid thinking about it to try and ask your oppressor for help because yeah. they're your oppressor. So that doesn't yeah. even make sense. You, However, right. do I still think the stuff needs to go? Yes. I feel yeah. like burn it down, tear it up, get rid of yeah. it. You know because what? But I could tell, no, listen, I 100% understand that. And I'll tell you what, Toya, you are a person that will have a statue in the future. I'm not just saying that, right? In this community hey. that we're in, you're a person that everyone looked at when you did what you did. Every I, I remember. That's before I met you. See, this is the thing. Like, I didn't meet you. And then someone said, oh, this is this is the woman who did this. I heard about you just like everyone else in the news. Like, this chick is badass. Right. She didn't she didn't hide from this dude. She took this dude out. And then I met you and I was like, oh, she's the real deal. That's exactly how she is. And so what I would like for me, I think you're, you're going to be a future statue. Right. People have already held you up in this community and other places. You know, even though there's, you know, some not so good people in the community, most of the people in this community have held you up. I would like to hold you up. I would like to see you move forward and do what you're doing. And I would like to see you build a statue that people like recognize. I'm not saying I'm not saying you got to do a statue. Right. But I exactly what you're doing. I want you to keep doing it and build it into something that people actually see and that helps them that when other people look at this and they're like, she's me, I could identify with her. Okay, I want to be more like her. That's the thing that we could do because we're living and breathing, you know, and we're the ones that can change everything. I hope, I hope, I hope, like, you know, you see exactly what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I definitely yeah. do. We yeah. got to do right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can do things about what happened in the past. Yes, there are things that I feel like should be done to rectify the things that have happened in the past. However, we can't control whether that stuff happens or not to an extent. If it happens, it happens great. But if it doesn't, are we going to sit down and cry about it or are we going to keep moving and do better? At the end of the day, you've got to keep moving and do better. That or just lay over and die. Yeah. But also, what what can we do to rectify what's been done when the people that own slaves don't even exist anymore? We can, I mean, we can never let slavery happen again. That's what we could do. But the climate of slavery and racism has still been perpetuated to this day. So, yes, we still do feel the effects of slavery. Yeah. Well, that's why we have to fight that. You know, to me, guns is a part of that. I'm not, it's not the solution to that. Like I said before, it's here in the mind. Uh, Bob Marley said, only you can free yourself from mental slavery. That's the real slavery, the one in the mind. And everyone is a victim to that. It doesn't matter what your race, religion, sex, 
any of that is we are all, I mean, right now, that's the new world we're living in. The new slaves today, it has nothing to do with race or anything else, right? Well, I, I, yeah, and I, and I was going to say, and I think, like, you know, because we all have freedom of speech. So if somebody wanted to say something racist, they can say that. But at the same time, you can maybe record them saying it, upload it on Facebook. Because I think most people aren't racist, so all the people that are normal people will shame that person, that person will feel like a total idiot, put them on blast, and then maybe they'll change their ways. But, you know, to punish, like, I don't really know how you would punish just racist people, because you have to find out the racist first, right? Like, you can't well, I don't think I don't think even punishing. I'm not saying we shouldn't punish them. I don't even think that's going to do anything. I think what we do is we all go forward. Like you as women, okay. If you look at yourself that way, I'm you know I'm not I, you know I'm not trying to say anything funny there. <laughs> but if you see yourself as women in this thing, if I see myself as a black man in this thing, how I deal with all of that is me. How I move and how I move forward and how I deal with everyone and how I treat people. And if I want people to treat me better instead of like going, okay, the only way I can feel like I'm getting treated better is to do this. No, to me, I feel that way when I do it for other people, right? So if we go forward and we help other people and we show other people, Toya, if you show people who look like you, Joanna, if you show people who look like you, Brickell, you said the same thing when you started this. If we show people who look like us that we could be better, yes, we're still going to deal with horrible people in the world. We will never get rid of that. But we'll show, we'll show the people who look like us that we could actually overcome that. And eventually in the world, all, the, all these horrible racist people are dying and leaving the world. Okay? That's what's going to happen to them eventually. They'll leave the world. And their kids will be here. And their kids are already here. There's a lot of people who've let go of the ways of the past. We're not like our parents. Right. Just think about that. Like, my parents had a horrible relationship. Me and my wife, awesome relationship. At, it's like 930 at night. She's still here after she worked all day. We're in an office that we're going to drive two separate cars, like, for 40 minutes to get home, Right. My parents were never like that. This is how we change the world. But it doesn't mean that I hate my parents, but I, and I still also recognize how terrible they were. But this is how we change everything moving forward. And, that, and I'm just trying to like implore people to think about that because that is the thing you have control over, you know, and, and nothing else in the world. So, um, listen, I don't want to... We could, we could actually do this forever, Toya, if you... Yeah, I know. You we have, <laughs> and I really do. I really do enjoy this. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And, and, I, and I, w- I wish we would do this more, you know, because I think it's important for people to see us having this conversation. And, you know, once again, you proved why I think you're awesome, by the way, because you came on here and you, you know, we, we, we went toe to toe. We talked about tough things and you answered the questions. I feel that way about Burkell as well as Joanna. I hope everyone really enjoyed this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to give everyone a chance here to tell you guys how to follow them and follow up with them. Please do not harass people. <laughs> okay, do exactly what I'm trying to say. Go support them and help them move forward. Uh, Joanna, how can people do that? How can they find you? My Instagram is Latina Locked and Loaded. And also we have a YouTube, uh, Locked and Loaded Latinos. We have a podcast at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Come check us out. Awesome. Okay. Uh, American Gun Chick. How can people so, support you? You can check me out at American Gun Chick on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
And so, yeah, just follow me on all those platforms. Um, I have a website, AmericanGunChick.com. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, buy that CD, Brickell. That's what Joe's saying yeah, right now. Yeah, check out America. my CD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not the best singer in the world, but it's all like parodies and stuff. And okay. it's fun. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, her music is hilarious. Yeah, her absolutely. Great, too. You yeah. have to look at both of them. Toya, we didn't even get a chance to talk about your company and all that kind of stuff. For the folks out there who do want to follow up with you and support you, how can they do that? Um, website coming soon, but for the time being, you can check us out on Instagram. It's Lions Pride Securities mm-hmm. with an IES at the end, not a Y. Um, you can hit us up on there. Uh, I've been starting to break some of my up and coming security into the two way community and kind of get familiar with things and get more trained up. So you'll be seeing lots of new stuff from us on there. Yes, awesome. And let me just say this here before I do all the stuff for us to get out. Um, You know, I thought this was like a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as well, Toya. Um, If this, if there, if you, if you just want to come back on here, if you know, if I'm not so horrible, please come back. If there's ways that we can help you, if you're doing something and we can help support you on that, please come back on here. Let us know about that. Um, I extend that out to Joanna as well as American Gun Chick, but you know, I think it was great talking to you. I don't know how these guys, I'll, I'll let American Gun Chick and Joanna say how they feel. So I'm not talking for you no, guys. No, I, I thought it was good. I like it when the conversations get kind of deep, mm-hmm. you know, and people's opinions, like the cool thing is that we can all talk about things and we can disagree about things, but yeah. it doesn't mean we're like F you, F you. Hell no. I don't feel that way. I actually love you guys more. Is that, exactly. is that weird? And- Everyone's yeah. experience in life is different, so it's good to hear yeah. different perspectives. Yeah. Exactly. We yeah. were all able to keep it adult, intelligent, and censored. Absolutely. <laughs> and and, and I you think know, we've all I think we've all experienced hate, whether it's like our race, our gender, our hair color. <laughs> like I think we've all Yeah. You know, I think we've all experienced hate before. It's just I actually love you guys. We're you know, we're all different so we have different perspectives and stuff like that but it doesn't mean that anybody's wrong it just means that it's just different you know yeah absolutely um this was awesome so i hope we do it again thanks you thank you so much guys uh you know i really appreciate you all by the way taking all the time going over time here putting up with me in my big mouth lola don't worry lola will tell me off after this <laughs> yeah, lola, lola's the MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So please support these guys. Uh, Big shout out to Harry's Holsters. Go to HankStrange.com. Everyone stay right there. I'm going to run in the end right now. Um, I would like to see everyone hit the subscribe button, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Uh, Please do really support these guys. I mean that. I'm not just saying it. These are all great women here, and I'm glad that they're in the gun community, and you all need to support them. I would like to see that i want to hear them tell me oh you know what we got we got a lot of people came on board and supported us and all that kind of stuff thanks so much guys i really appreciate it all right yeah thanks for having us you're welcome all right we're out of here we'll see you guys tomorrow